Three, two, one, ghost. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Three, Two, One, Ghost. I'm your host with the silent G, Kyle, and joined by Natalie, my co-host. I'm your co-host. We're each other's co-hosts. How are you? As always, equals. I always have that like half a second where I just have to kind of ruminate on, do I need to add some extra sort of flair? I'm doing it right now where I just, <laughs> I'm like, just some, some, no, 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 just some thought. I'm like, how do I want to introduce this? And I never no. ever planned before going in, but it always ends up kind of the same thing. There but- never needs to be flair. You're hearing your voice and just, you know, host with a silent G. That's all we need. I hope that my voice conveys a spooky Mr. Rogers situation where it's like, it's comforting. Like, hello, come in. Welcome to my home. Like, sit down, take your shoes off, but only if you feel comfortable. Like, hey, you know, my my casa is your casa, you know. But I hope that as much as we're talking about spooky things, you get a kindness with a sweater vibe, you know. Welcome <laughs> to 321 Ghost. I'm your host with a silent G. We've done this whole thing. We're... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I feel especially good kind of coming into this year. I, I really appreciate starting with Scream. You know, we weren't always going to originally. We were going to put the yeah. Scream episodes at the end of the month and then fucking stroke a genius. Not from me, but from you. You know, you're like, let's just fucking start this off. Yeah, with Scream. And honestly, off the year. What a way to kind of like refresh, just kind of reset. I feel mm-hmm. really good. What an easy way to go into a year than just talking for three hours straight about something that you love very much. <laughs> it does feel, I still feel like we can build off that energy because I, I I I appreciate this movie we're talking about. I like that we're still, you know, as we are, a bit stuck in the 90s, late 90s usually. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, everybody, we're talking about uh, Rodman Flender's Idle Hands, 1999. I'm going to be talking about uh, Mr. Flender here in a little bit. But, you know, I think it's just good. I just like the vibe. I like sitting it. This is a very 90s movie. Um, Yeah. So I'm very excited to talk about that. I don't know if anybody would understand all the references that are brought up in this movie, but I don't know. But before we get into that, how are you easing into your new year? How are you feeling? Oh, it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting. looked at me. It's right in the 90s. (laughs) I like that. Yeah, there you go. That's what I was going for. Every time I hear someone go, it's been, and then they pause, I like. Do you do that to everyone? <laughs> God, I hope not. No, in my brain, I, I do. In my brain, I do every single time. That, that song okay, will. Okay, okay. As long as you're doing it internally. Me, that song will haunt me to my grave. And that is, you know, honestly, that's okay. I'm sorry. You go ahead. Um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm doing so great. Um. I love the beginning of a new year. I love to get a fresh planner. Boring, but true. And I'm glad that we started with Scream. I think it was a fun way to kick off the year. Um, Otherwise, we would have started with this one because obviously this would have been the first the first episode of the year. And I'm also like excited to do this for like a full calendar year so that we have like that, you know, the the completionist in me wants to have that because we started like in late August, which was a weird time. We fully intended everyone to start at the beginning of 2023, (laughs) but we, we got there. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about what year was this? 19, 1999. Yep. In 2024, 20, Oh, 25 years. I would hope that when Prince 
in the song 1999 when everyone's partying like it's 1999 he was thinking about a a halloween high school soiree with the offspring playing absolutely was that is how you party like it's 1999 (laughs) so it's at least that's how i partied when it was when it was 1999 when i was a when i was a 12 year old listening to (laughs) offspring and blink 182 and the sorts but it's a also secret cameo in this movie did you know tom delong shows up in this movie when he's in the um he's working at the fast food place he's one of the employees there yeah he's like he's like the drive-thru guy oh yeah it says window server oh is he the one that he tells him that it's break time i think so yeah san diego native tom delong by the way well, Poway, but we, mm-hmm. if you're from San Diego, you know, it's like, eh. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll allow Poway for this. Uh, you know, if it's someone famous, yes, Poway is just as much San Diego. Welcome. You're uh, you or if know, you live other- in Poway and you're kind enough to listen to our podcast, then we will accept you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like January's, especially as a horror fan. I like January's because often that's where they'll like dump like a lot of like cheap horror movies you know like usually january is when a lot of the uh you know they leave a lot of movies they release a lot of movies to just quietly just come and go you know the doldrums or whatever i wonder why or like what the i don't know what the thought process behind that is well because you're coming off the holidays and you know you're everyone's back in school the you know usually i mean you would not know this living in san diego but the the weather gets especially just gloomy and shitty and awful feels like and i haven't lived here my whole life jesus <laughs> thought maybe you forgot i don't know but last few januaries you know uh for you know take it for what you will but you know like megan was january last year and then uh scream five was the january before that you know well i think often- if you those are two very different examples because I think Megan, I mean, I, I threw that one in one of my, like, I think my least favorites honorable mentions because it was so underwhelming, but scream. I mean, you have a built-in audience for that. So you could release it in January. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I think with scream five and we'll, we'll save most of this for the screen five episode for <laughs> what's that May is I guess when that would be. But, um, you know, I mean, you're coming off 11 years, Scream 4 bombed, kind of, you know, so we'll we'll get to that. That's a hot topic around here. Yeah, I know a lot of hate for Scream 4. I don't know. A lot of hate for Scream 4. Especially because there's been a lot of people coming around saying, oh, I hate it on Scream 4. And I realized the error of my ways, you know, Mm -hmm. so maybe it's maybe it's just a few few extra stragglers right and haven't haven't jumped on board but i hope that when we talk through it we can collect even just even just a handful more of scream 4 fans and you see how we're still just kind of buzzing off screen feels yeah. good just like again, <laughs> it's all right? we can talk about we're going to bring it up in every episode even if it's not a scream episode well i mean if you're talking about late 90s 
slashers teen horror situation like whether it's i know what you did last summer or urban legend mm-hmm. or the faculty or this movie it's kind of hard to talk about it without screen coming up at some point so i'm yeah. going to give ourselves that grace as we move forward um god did you see this movie when it came out in the theaters it's likely that I did. I know I saw it a lot. I don't remember if I saw it in theaters, but if I did, my mom definitely took me to see it because this is another horror comedy that we're talking about that's rated mm-hmm. R rather than PG-13. Because when you're watching the trailers for it, it feels like it should be rated PG-13. Like this is definitely for a teen audience. And I forgot that it was rated R until... I went to watch it. So I don't I don't remember seeing it in theaters, but I think that I did. I remember being very excited for it. I was able to see a number of R-rated movies in theaters at the time. Thanks, mom. Shout out. Get me in mm-hmm. there. <laughs> My poor mom having to be the just the grown adult woman having to walk up to the counter and be like, uh, one for urban legend, please. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Aren't yeah. weren't they supposed to go with you though? Am I wrong? Like they they had to like see the movie with you, or did they just have to buy the ticket and then just pass it off to you? I mean, okay, technically, because I also worked at a movie theater. I yeah. who knows how the rules have changed, but usually it's both. Yeah, it just kind of depends. I mean, well, I don't know. Like I was certainly definitely a child. At the age yeah, we you were know, young. when this movie came out. But I mean, I also remember, you know, don't judge me, but Terminator 3 came out. So this would have been, I don't know, still early aughts, something around there. Mm-hmm. And your husband and I went to go see it. And I remember his mother having to walk up and buy the tickets for us. And really? then she just handed them to us. And then we walked in. And then, so I don't know, when did... Ah, oh, shit. I don't know when Rise of the Machines came out, but um, I want to say, but yeah, early, early odds. That makes sense. Like, I mean, if you have three somewhere in there at that point, if you have the tickets and you're like a full blown teenager, like if I were the person, uh, you know, collecting the tickets, I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. And the only other times I think I was like kicked out of an R rated movie, I didn't pay to get into the theater to begin with. So mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was sneaking through the back door or whatever and then some fucking narc just is like no how dare i pay 8.75 to see <laughs> you know fucking final destination 2 when you're just waltzing in ass, here his dumbass child just gets to waltz in with his <laughs> with his fucking with his half-eaten wetzel's pretzels from the food stand outside and the whatever the fuck but um yeah i don't i don't remember saying this one specifically but gosh i do remember the trailer quite a bit i remember just the the hijinks of this crew i certainly watched it it was a a video rental after the fact though i certainly remember watching it at home Um, i think i rented it multiple times and i feel like it was on tv a lot but edited quite a bit for tv some version of it yeah yeah like all the all the weed smoking was pretty much like cut out but they were like the violence is fine and the weed smoking seemed to be like it's weird because it feels like it needs to be a central component of this movie given that like yeah he's supposed to be just some 
lazy stoner and just so fucking mm-hmm. lazy and unmotivated, right? That that he becomes a a tool for the for for Satan. But yeah. it's I I I I just I forget where I read somewhere that like you know at the end. Hey, I'm gonna skip just right to the end here, Go ahead. Um, where it's like weed saves the day out of this like love that this like weird <laughs> like mechanical like but also like kind of like proton pack looking bong situation yeah you know and allegedly like a lot of that was not part of it i know that wasn't the original ending and there was supposed to be a little bit you know more of, a, of, of an effects heavy portal to hell situation and i remember like i guess like seth green saying like oh you know it wasn't our intention to have it be such a stoner comedy it was supposed to be a little more highbrow than that and like Mm-mm. but then and i was like i don't know no, it was what, not. <laughs> i don't know how you could have saved it and what version you thought this movie could have existed <laughs> as that i don't know that, that would have been such a far cry from what this what what ended up being on screen right mm-hmm. um how how much do you enjoy like just stoner culture and stoner comedies in general? Cause there were a lot in the nineties probably headlined by, you know, you've got your half bakes and you've got your, mm-hmm. all your, you know, I mean, all, you know, I mean, geez, the, the first, I would say the, the, the chunk of the most tolerable Kevin Smith films. Yeah. In the nineties up until that point. But uh, yeah. It's really hit and miss for me, but the right, person can make it funny like i'm trying to think the only person that talks about weed all the time that i think is hilarious is snoop dogg that's that's a perfect example of like when it's funny because it's like literally just the lifestyle but i think it's because like he's so cool too but that's a that's a conversation for another day um I think if it's this situation where it's like a horror comedy, this is very slapsticky. It's a lot of like physical comedy, just very over the top. I think it works. But if it's like a movie, like if this movie was based around, like I think about like Half-Baked, like I'm not a huge Half-Baked fan. Like I don't, it's fine. Anyway. Um, Yeah. And like the Kevin Smith movies, I I think they're fine. Um, some of them I, I love and then others I am, you know, whatever, but I think that the way that they incorporate this, like it's, I think it's just enough that it's funny. Like I'm, I'm curious to know how this whole movie aged for you because I had like super duper nostalgia. And when I watched it, I was like, oh, this is worse than I remember, but it was still really fun. Our boo scores are both in a little bit of flux. And we're just going to see where this conversation Mm -hmm. takes us because yeah, I think that there are things that I like about this a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff where I'm like, oh my God, this is rough. This is this is hard to watch. But I do think that ultimately it's in the casings of a, or in the trappings of rather, I don't know, but it's, it's a fun movie. It's a fun premise. It's a cool mm-hmm. situation. And I like the vibe and the tone of this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I love a non-Halloween, capital H, or I guess they're both capital. Yeah. I like a movie that takes place during Halloween that's not like a Michael Myers Halloween movie. Um, yeah. So even the, so I, I like just the the vibe and the aesthetic, all the oranges and greens and purples, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of make up the palette of this movie. I think uh, 
you get away with more too. Like they, you know, he can have fucking dead friends walking around at the dance because it's Halloween. So, you know, whatever, like when, whenever a movie takes place in Halloween, then you can just walk around with a mask and be creepy in the corner. And everybody's like, it's Halloween. Who cares? I actually was really surprised. Um, This is something that the internet does not work in my favor for. I usually love my algorithm of like, they're like, you're definitely an elder millennial. You love horror. You like stupid things that are very 90s. So I thought that this movie was very like beloved and everybody was just praising it and loving it. That's not the case. (laughs) It bombed at the box office and it has a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's fucking low. Like Friday the 13th, we'll say Jason takes Manhattan low. Dang. Yeah, if you'd ask me, it's just like right now, like, what would you rather watch? Takes Manhattan or Idle Hands? Okay, right now, I'd say Idle Hands just because we're talking about it and I'm like in the vibe right now. And Jason Takes Manhattan is like such a a laborious effort sometimes to get through. Oh, I would take this over Jason Takes Manhattan any day, if even before having watched it recently. Yeah, I think so, too. The first half of Manhattan's okay. I mean, everything on the boat, I guess, because that's where all, most all your kills come from. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'm in the minority there where I'm just like, the movie just fucking, I just don't give a fuck once they get to Manhattan or or the the docks in Toronto or wherever the, that's <laughs> filled. He's like out on New York for like half a second, then he's just in the sewers for the rest of the movie. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess that's, that's, that's one way to take Manhattan. I yeah, suppose. he's that's like it's like jason had a connecting flight in manhattan that's how he took manhattan he didn't actually sightsee or anything so this movie um is directed directed by rodman flender do you know who this person is and do you know of his other credits no when you said that i was like should i am i am i uneducated here i didn't think i needed to either until i was doing some uh you know just reading up a little bit about this movie but Robin Flender um, directed this movie. He didn't, I don't know if he directed a whole lot of movies, um, maybe after this, but the big horror thing that he did before this was Leprechaun 2. Do you remember that one? Yeah. I feel like that's the one I remember the least because it doesn't have, because the first one, I remember the first one because it's got the dude from Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Jennifer Aniston. And then I love that the, you said those two in that order because everyone would say Jennifer Aniston first. I just have seen so little friends. So unless it's Courtney Cox, uh, you know, who would, would always be brought up first. I don't know. But the third one that's in Vegas, fourth one that's in space. And then you have the in the hood movies. So I just always remember the second one. A lot the of least. the leprechaun movies. What about interesting? Them? No, like they, he he did a lot. He did a lot of those. Oh no no he only did he only did the second one. Oh, he only did the for... second one. I thought yeah, you were listing no. off all the ones that he did. I was like, wow, that's a lot. I'm just trying to say I just barely remember the second one because I remember all the other ones like generally pretty well in their basic premise, but I don't remember the second one much. So I'm gonna have to swing through and watch that one one more time and okay, see. Okay, I'm kind of che- I'm kind of cheating because I pulled up his IMDb and I'm noticing a couple of things here. <laughs> There's a fun one in there from a show that we also. <laughs> that we've referenced saw, quite is, a bit are you talking about dawson's creek yeah he did an episode of Ta- dawson's creek specifically the scream parody episode which every teen show at the front door 
<laughs> and by every teen show, I mean, I'm only going to cite one outside of Dawson's Creek, but like has some sort of scream episode. You know, mm-hmm. I think about that one and I think about that episode of Boy Meets World, which is probably one of my top five Boy Meets oh, World episodes. Oh, I love episodes. those. Yeah. And Jennifer Love Hewitt. I love both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So also he is the uncle of Timothy Chalamet. Did you know that? No. <laughs> So does that make Timothy Chalamet officially Nepo baby? Yes. Nepo baby status. Do you think 100% of Wonka or like on the set of Dune, he's like, you know, some, some poor assistant (laughs) brings him like a lukewarm coffee and he hits it out of her hands. And she's like, bitch, do you know who the fuck I am? Do you know who the fuck my family is? I own these goddamn streets, bro. My fucking uncle, uncle Roddy. Uncle Roddy. (laughs) I got two words for you, bitch. Idle hands. Idle fucking hands. Leprechaun too. Fucking watch it. Heard of it? So I I wonder if he he also has a credit for the Scream TV series. Does he really? Mm-hmm. Well, see, there you go. See, we're gonna we're, we'll bring up Scream constantly. Don't worry. He, um, he must have directed a couple of uh episodes, two episodes. Okay. <laughs> you also have um Pretty actually pretty great who's who um in your cast of 90s heavyweights. Of course, you got our anchor, right? You know, industry legend Devin Sawa. You know, here he is again. Man. We love Devin Sawa. Back to back, 99, 2000. Actually, fucking 99 to like the end of 2000. What a you know, it's just I'll I'll just always think of him, you know, just his soft, dumb eyes bringing us into the new millennium, the <laughs> willennium, um, with idle hands in 99, 2000 in Final Destination. And then, man, mm. really wrapping that up, I completely fucking forgot he's fucking Stan in that fucking Eminem video. Can, <laughs> you're uh, welcome for the reminder. You're welcome. Thank you. I was like, you're just like, oh, he's Stan. I'm like, um, what? okay can i I, can i share the trivia that i found about that okay this is so fun for those of you who don't know i am an avid rap music listener and um on the imdb trivia so who knows how true this is but uh it's super fun so devin sawa plays stan in the music video stan of eminem if you haven't watched it go ahead and go ahead and watch that that's aged probably terribly um, but apparently Dr. Dre, the Dr. Dre, watched Final Destination and loved it and was like, that's our guy. He's going to play Stan. I just, I want to be a fly on the wall of Dr. Dre watching Final Destination. Oh my gosh. Just the look on his face when that woman gets hit by the bus. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. No, yes. I don't. I don't imagine him having like see i can imagine everyone else on the couch around him like jumping up and be like oh shit you know yeah but fucking drake i mean drake's gonna be cool the whole way through like he's, he's just like she nod. didn't look both ways bitch should have looked both ways he's he's just gonna <laughs> nod and just in like yep it's the way that it's the way fucking death works that was in the details he probably looked at he you know oh man i love tony todd right but i bet Dre was like <laughs> I could play that character. I, I I could roll with him. I'd love. I'd love if I could take anyone except for Tony Todd. Yeah, maybe put Doctor. Maybe Dre he. In that role. Maybe he wrote them a letter and was like, "Can I play William Bloodworth in the sequel?" 
yeah. <laughs> no oh, shade yeah. to we'll, Tony Dodd. We'll have to comb through Dre lyrics and see if there's any. Maybe he sneaks in a reference to Final Destination, and there's some. I've never out. noticed one. I mean. <laughs> I, I can't say that I, I have. Maybe if any if anyone out there knows, please let us know. That would be great. Yeah. It's maybe like whenever he's talking about death, he means like specifically death, like in, you know, if it yes, comes up in, in a, Final know, Destination. He's talking about the Final Destination version of a, <laughs> you know. The entity that is death. Yeah. So, you know, we always welcome Devin Sawa. He is, I mean... Yeah, I think he's I think he's great in this movie. I'll probably argue he probably has the best performance in this movie. I don't know. What do oh, think? 100%. Like he gets the most to do, of course. The character of Anton just I'll start off by saying I guess you really have to put yourself in a place of disbelief for this movie because the movie cannot move on if you if he just sat down and was like, "You know what? I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to wait for this hand thing to play out." So like there's a lot going on here, but his physical acting is really good. Like he has to react to his own hand and pretend that it's alive. And it's like really over the top and really like campy and silly. And I think he's so great. Jessica Alba is beautiful as can be and super hot in this movie, but wow, her acting, it's not, it's not acting. (laughs) Some of those responses sound like she is I think I think she's really fun in this movie. Um and I think yeah, I he like just ignores Alba. everything that's happening. <laughs> and some some of her reactions are just so like mousy and like tee hee hee hee, you know, it's like it's, out like of like everything, like he could literally like try to choke her and she's like, Oh my god. He, he did he does literally she's try like, to choke You're her. Kinky. <laughs> I know. It's it's so bad. Um, but yeah, oh geez. And yeah, I yeah, Devin Sawa makes it makes it work, I think, more or less throughout this movie. He's fine. He does. I, he's, 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 he's really fun. He's always he's always so great. Like, I feel like, I mean, we've been watching him since he was a kid. I mean, we were kids when he was a kid, pretty much. He was only a little older than us. But um, I that fucking thirst trap that is uh, wild America. Him. Yeah. <laughs> with John, just, with JTT yeah. and uh, oh, JTT. Scott. Scott. Bar- no. I keep wanting to say Scott Barlow, but no, he's a pitcher. It's Barstow. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. With Devin Sawa, I feel like he gets a lot to do. The, the energy I get from him is it's like a little bit, you know, I feel like he's channeling his uh, his Canadian brethren and, and Jim Carrey a little <laughs> bit with that elasticity. And then also, yeah, yeah it's like a little bit, G, you know, Jim Carrey by way of weekend at bernie's kind of situation as he's Mm -hmm. just like you know he just acts like he's like a marionette being like just kind of like like his one hand is dragging his entire body (laughs) that one that one hand and i do love the the slapstick of it um i i think ultimately it works um Mm -hmm. i just wanted to you know give him some credit for that yeah jessica alba you know so the vibe I get from Jessica Alba is um uh what's her face? Uh Tia Carrere's um character in Wayne's World. Mm. Um oh what God. is her name? Do you like oh you gave like the hottest example 
Um, she is super hot, but the idea of, well, you know, both are, but like, no, just this, I, you know, of course, very like, you know, bass play. You think you never see her play bass in this movie, but they say that she's a bass player. Wait, are you talking about Wayne's World or are you talking both. about? <laughs> okay. Both, because Cassandra, they're both like, Cassandra, Cassandra is the name it... of, of Tia, uh, as, um, character in Wayne's World. Both of them being these kind of like rocker chick kind of vibes, even though I don't, I don't get it as much from, it's not really as intertwined into Jessica's Alba, Jessica Alba's character the same way it is for like Tia Carreras, you know, they as kind far of as like, like, they kind of start off strong with it of him finding her book of lyrics and poetry. And then just, it kind of just disappears because it's more of just an avenue to get them talking right so yeah, so you know it's like something to drop even though like, yeah so and then also too i don't know what it is about like the 90s but there is this you know i'm sorry this like fetish fetishes fetishization of female bass players in the 90s <laughs> you know i mean i i think obviously the, um, like the my husband example, is still there folks <laughs> the like I mean, the biggest example would be like the rotating women in Smashing Pumpkins and Zwan. I think Paz Lenchanton is is in Zwan, but like Billy Corgan would always have female bass players. And then hmm. um, it's I don't know why. I just feel like I would I would see it a lot, you know, where it would come up, and they'd be like, "Oh, here, play play bass on the side." And then that's it how it would have been fun if she hopped on stage with the offspring. And yeah, I'd be like, I want to see it like in the band. Like, because yeah. you do see that book, and it's like very like it's great. I think I think that lyric book is great. Um yeah. I didn't I didn't screenshot a lot to see like what the fuck <laughs> with the pages that were in there, but they're all pretty good. I like that she doesn't. I don't know. I, I hope that she doesn't actually have her hand write her lyrics. They only exist in her head. And the only way she commits them to paper is to find the words in magazines and newspapers yes. and then glue them. And Which is very know, 90s. Very 90s. Very 90s and very um, uh, fucking what's his face? Um, who killed all those people in San Francisco in the 70s? <laughs> the, the Unabomber? Jeffrey Dahmer, I, the Zodiac Killer. That's it, the Zodiac <laughs> like, Killer. Yeah, like how many serial killers <laughs> do I have to name? <laughs> that, that's the one. Yeah, you just have to get the disease. Um, yeah, so it's <laughs> very, it's very like punk a little bit, or like that. I don't know. And then it's also very Zodiac Killer as as well. So, <laughs> but I like that. Um, Jessica. <laughs> yeah her reactions to some things i know some stuff it's probably it's, so it's not her fault but oh my god um i also am very charmed by vivica a fox in this movie um, i know i wish there was more of her in this movie i remember there being more of her and like considering she's probably the only person of color in this movie um kind of given her a couple extra minutes of screen time this movie's very white like super white so i guess you know i i guess she's yeah a druid priestess that is yeah. a demon hunter as well but, but i do like that they you know i mean both her and jessica alba they do give them these like these kind of 
outlines of like mm-hmm. a cool character you know that are that have yeah. a lot of agency that would be you know driving the plot but um yeah jessica albert or sorry no vivica fox yeah man between that and this is what independence day was like a couple years oh, yeah, prior jessica alba's in this movie too she's she's mexican and then uh and then vivica fox and little cheese and then it was only a couple years after that was kill bill so then she's cool she's good i love she's vivica like, fox she's i know she's great. great um i love the relationship between her and that dude what's what's yes. his name is randy randy i love how well yeah yeah <laughs> so let's just talk about it now we'll, we'll bounce around <laughs> but like i love man you would think randy would get killed pretty early on in a movie yes. like this but he ends up being like part of the he ends team, up making it and getting the girl <laughs> which is pretty cool especially because like his whole kind of you know ulterior motive was I'm going to go fuck up Devin Sawa for stealing my truck yeah, or whatever, whatever, whatever. He is, I don't know. He's really fun. This, the whole, this whole movie, every time they show him and that fucking Motley Crue um, shout at the devil song is playing. I'm like, how much did y'all pay for the rights of this song that you were like, we need to play it at least 10 times to get our money's worth. Like they were like, we got to keep that song on rotation throughout the whole film it's a lot it's pretty good they couldn't think of any other um any other bands to that have satan referencing songs to play motley Crue's the only one yeah they're like we're just gonna play this one all the time yeah Which, I mean, by the way you're... 25 million dollar budget four million dollar box office yeah that's pretty rough i know that's it's rough. got it's definitely got a strong cult following sense yeah you know but i'm mean, even now like I don't know even when this popped into our heads of like oh let's do this movie you know and we've this movie's been on our docket for a while now but we kept kind of reorganizing mm-hmm. moving some stuff and then it got pushed out yeah. into the new year and then here we are and yeah revisiting this movie is really interesting you know but like just kind of rounding out this cast here you have since we brought up randy he's great and you've got anton's two friends played mm-hmm. by Seth Green and Eldon Henson. Um, mm-hmm. Eldon Henson, uh, best known to me at least from being in the Mighty Ducks movies. So we've got two <laughs> Mighty Ducks alumni between JJ and this dude. I'm trying to think if, yeah, maybe until Keenan Thompson shows up in one of our movies, then you know, then we'll be able to add a third. Or I mean, I guess I don't know how many Emilio Estevez horror movies there are outside of. <laughs> um, I feel like I brought this up already. Uh, Maximum Overdrive. Oh. The one that Stephen King like directed himself. It had an all ACDC soundtrack. Yeah, Yeah. that's great. That's pretty great. The movie is not... I know. But I think I remember... Yeah, I don't know. So, well, maybe we'll circle around (laughs) Maybe we'll visit. We'll revisit that. Um, And then you've got Seth Green, who like... Seth Green, I... He's he's fine, right? Go ahead. Think, yeah, go ahead. Shit on Seth Green. I knew you were going to. I think what it all ties to is, you know, as you know, he is one of the kids in It. And that was mm-hmm. one of, I think, one of his earlier roles. I don't, I don't know how old he was. That. He's not. I, he you was, are such an asshole. This he is... was the kid I hated the most out of that group. I hated him. 
and I like he's him much ri- he plays like, he's Richie, right? Yeah. Yeah. And hey. he yeah, and like Harry Anderson plays him when he's older. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I hated Richie and his whole bullshit. He was oh of all the ones I just want to punch. And man, and I feel like and that's where it's just like that deep set. It's just that's where it started with me. Unfortunately, that first impression just grew. Ugh. And you know what? I I watched the first few seasons of Buffy when they were on, and I liked him in that in that arc. I was just like, you know, was he a bass player or a guitar player? Do you remember? He was a guitar player. Yeah, so that's probably why he was cool. Um, and that whole thing with him and Allison Hannigan, I liked that arc, but he wasn't in the show very much after that, right? Like, how 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 long was he a regular in that show? For a long time. So, the, okay, really? everyone, this is a conversation that we've had before where Kyle just for some reason has this like what he like makes it seem like he's just like, uh, Seth Green's meh. But really, I feel like there's like this deep seated hatred and I just don't know where it's coming from um, because Kyle's too kind and he won't say like, oh, I hate this guy. Um, I love Seth Green. I absolutely adore him. I can think of a million things that I love him in. And um, Oz is the character that he plays on Buffy. And he's so great. Like, you know, I, I love a white boy that plays guitar and is in a band. So um, that's not a secret. But not all um, ages, not all ages, like Juice Club or wherever that they all fucking went to. <laughs> the bronze. That, like, yeah, that children and vampires. And adults like, go. Yes, it's oh children, God, adults so and vampires. It makes sense. So it's dumb. a fictional world. It couldn't be any more dumb than Idle Hands. <laughs> and... But Let's he's in a, he's in a lot of seasons of of Buffy. He's in like I'd say if you combine all the episodes, like three solid seasons. Right, and doesn't he? He's like, ah, my werewolf thing's just too much. I got to get out of here, guys. No, that I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but it does not end well with him and Willow. It does not end well, y'all. It's intense. I mean, obviously, we know she ends up, you know, coming out, but um. Willow was like one of the first like sexually fluid characters on television. So good for her. Good for her. Um, We went off the road. Honestly, I'm pretty mad on Seth Green the whole, you know, throughout the entirety of his career. He's fine. I never really got into Robot Chicken when everybody else was watching it. Um, That I actually never watched. And, but I do know that I hated him in it. And I also, I'm sorry, I'll throw this out. I fucking hate Family Guy. Fucking hate it. Um, so his dumbass fucking voice, I just like it's as uh the kid is the son, Chris. Chris, is just just nails on a chalkboard to me. That whole thing. He's in Black Friday as well. We were talking about Black Friday before we logged on, everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, Devin Sawa's in that too. <laughs> sorry, everyone. Devin Sawa's in it. That's why we're talking about throwing you into this conversation. So, you know. He's fine. I don't know, dude, you know, the dude has made a very diversified, interesting career for himself. So doing a bunch of different things, writing, directing, producing, and acting, and all those things. So I that's why I can't say out loud I hate him because it's like, no, I don't, you know, but boy, do I hold on to those things and those things really kind of have a uh uh they have a shadow over everything else he does, just like this. And I I honestly um think he's the worst out of the main cast in this movie wow um you're gonna say he's better than randy 
come on, hardly. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, just to, just to take this off the rails even further, did you ever watch? He's in a movie called Without a Paddle yeah. with our boy Matthew Lillard. And um, who's the other dude that's married to Kristen Bell? Uh, Dax, Dax Shepard. Right. Have you My seen dad that movie? loves without a paddle does he really <laughs> he does he will always my dad does not watch movies and you know that's not his thing but i remember there was just this like i don't know this period where like he would bring it up a number of times where he's like oh yeah you know i saw this movie uh it's pretty funny you know it's got a you know it's one bunch of guys and they're you know they're they're going through the movie and they, they don't have a paddle <laughs> i don't know what he says. i like your impression but, of your dad it's pretty good it's pretty good. I don't, yeah, I don't have to go too much into a different register to do my dad impression. But um, yeah, I just remember you just bring that up, that movie. So like, I haven't seen it the whole way through, but I do. I don't know. That's, that's my uh, without a paddle story. Why do you like it? Um, I actually haven't seen it in so long. I don't really remember it. But like I said, I will watch anything with Matthew Lillard. So that is why I watched it in the first place. Did you watch that Dungeons and Dragons movie with him and Freddie Prince Jr.? Dungeons and Dragons movie with him and Freddie Prince Jr. Could be absolutely wrong. And I'll I'll edit out a lot of this. So don't I worry. I think it's possible. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking Matthew Lillard's in that movie, but um wait, so Seth I, Green is in that movie, but not Matthew Lillard? I thought Matthew Lillard was in this Dungeons and Dragons movie, but no, it's just it's just Marlon Wayans. Maybe I was thinking of Marlon Wayans. <laughs> Easy mix up. Easy mix up. You know, both have a kind of a, can have a similar energy. Well, you yeah. know, I don't know. Sure. <laughs> so, see, now I feel like I'm coming from, I'm, I'm like, you know, playing defense because I'm like, I don't hate Seth Green, but I will speak to it. Like, yeah, like, I mean, in this movie, like, especially like in the beginning, like those like first couple scenes, like before, like, you know, they die and come back. I'm like, his, his line readings are so awkward and weird. I feel like he's, like, I know, I, like, I was thinking, like, oh, is he, like, trying to play stoned? Because, like, every one of his, like, line deliveries, he looks just so awkward. He's, like, never looking in the same direction. He never, like, looks at him, like, di- anyone directly when he's talking oh to them. Oh, my gosh. He's being so just, like, and I just <laughs> don't know. He's just <laughs> driving me fucking crazy. And I couldn't handle it, especially because the other dude, Eldon Henson, like, was was doing fine you know he's like of just that like you know dumb stoner friend kind of situation and also seth green calling him out being like what's your ambition like what's your plan when he says it to devin sala and i'm like bro what the fuck is yours dude no here's my thing here and this is this is something that i actually did have in in my notes we're we're just gonna get into this shit now since you're just go you're just digging at seth green his character does not make a lot of real sense because you've got this friend who is also a stoner with no direction or plan like you were just pointing out who's like asking anton you know what's your plan you can't just sit on your couch and smoke weed for the rest of your life and it's like my guy that is exactly what you were doing then he also is like this voice of responsibility and reason like he's like lecturing both of them throughout a lot of the movie but then he's still making stupid and irresponsible decisions at the same time like they couldn't choose a character for that character if that makes sense like he he feels like multiple characters in one because you have like the Eldon's character the nub he yeah he makes he makes more sense because he's just kind of like 
kind of goofy, having a good time, like joking around. Like he just wants to make out with a girl at the, at the fucking dance. Like his motives are very clear. Like he's a simple character, but he makes sense. Whereas like Seth Green's character just doesn't make sense. So if I had those lines, maybe I wouldn't do the best job either, Guile. How's that? While I was like half being kind of checked out during your Seth Green defense, I looked up the movie's called, sorry, it's some different sci-fi movie called Wing Commander starring Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard. Sorry. I don't know how I got that mixed up with the Dungeons and Dragons, but that did come out the year after. But so, whoops. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe that's it. Hey, you know, that you know, with that extra context, you know, I get it. I just think they could have been, I don't know, just a little more energetic, a little bit funnier. I don't know. I was like getting kind of the vibes of like, now it's not apples to apples situation, but like, as far as just undead pals, I would take the friends in the Frighteners, then I, you know, over these two dudes, you know, as far as like, just like an entertaining like his ghost duo pals? of friends. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, this is the thing. Like, these are aimless teenagers. Like, I I think there's this um this common like misconception of like they need to know what they're doing with their lives. I'm like, no, their whole lives is just like sitting on the couch and smoking weed. Like, even like in the beginning when he's like yelling out that to his mom that they're out of milk, like I'm like, you kind of forget when you're a full-blown adult and you've been doing it for a while how dependent you are on your parents. Like you've, you've never had to go to the store and get milk when you're out of milk. That's literally what that like communicates to you. And I love that they're like giving this impression that Anton should have this like big fucking plan. I'm like, absolutely not. He's probably like 17, 18 tops. If that's how easy it is for the devil to possess your hand, I I just I mean I I know people lazier than him in high school. Yeah. I think I could have or been, out of high school even. Like yeah, I was like I feel like I, and then also like what what counts is you know they never really get into it much, but like what counts is like being productive. It turns out actually just like exactly. knitting. That's okay. So which seemed like a plan that was knitting. working very well for him. I know the devil was like oh. Okay, maybe oh, okay. maybe I don't need to murder people. Crochet's kind of it's a little bit fun. Yeah, maybe <laughs> if you just made made me a goddamn mitten, bro. Like you know, I wouldn't. Yeah, maybe if I wasn't cold. So much. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of you know, kind of rounding out our cast, um, we've got Christopher Hart, um, who plays the hand. Now, Christopher Hart, are you familiar with him at all? If he's playing a hand, the only other okay. hand. <laughs> Can you imagine his other uh, claim to fame? Yeah, I was going to say the only other hand I could think of is Thing. Yes, which he played in the three movies. Um, Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values, and Adam's Family Reunion, which, gosh, I've never seen, but... I have, but I don't remember it. If anyone can replace Raul Julia, it would be Tim Curry, Mm. you know? Because Tim Curry plays Gomez and Daryl mm-hmm. Hannah plays Morticia. But I'll be honest, man, just the... the I don't like the, the thought of Daryl Hannah as um, Morticia. I don't know why. It's like nothing against her. I just don't... Uh, I don't like it. And I know Catherine Zeta-Jones plays her, which I'm sure she's fine. I think she'd be... She's probably good too. But man, Angelica Houston's performance is 
I know this is such a, a basic word, but it's it's pretty iconic at this point. She's it's, pretty incredible. It's the most incredible thing I've ever watched and like very uh just like she's just a vision of perfection. And the chemistry between her and Raul Julia, like, man, really like, well, that's hot. It's so sexy, those two, yeah. all the time. I know this yeah. is the Adams Family Values, Adams Family Podcast. Um <laughs> we'll talk but- about the Adams family at some point. But Christopher oh, we'll Hart, there. yeah, he's a he's a magician. This was his last film credit. Oh, um, interesting. There's there. Yeah, do you remember any movies after this with a a singular hand running around? <laughs> no, that that was just of the '90s. That was that was it. Yeah, that just got that just dried up. That the the desire the the lust to see that on the silver screen dried up very quickly into the into the millennium, but. <laughs> You know, so good for him, I suppose. And he's a magician yeah. too, he's like a slate of hand. But I don't know why why necessarily you need to be like I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a magician, so I don't know like what transferable skills there are between hand actor and magician. I mean, he's a slate of hand artist, and I, you know, so I get that that you need to have like really, you know, there's you know, you, you have to be really good with your hands, right? But I don't, I just didn't think it was like the same thing as like acting, you know, I'm sorry, I'm doing the whole thing with my hand right now. Um, yeah. He's, he's trying to, for those of you listening, trying to do some sort of impression of thing running across. It's not good. It's not good. So, you know, I, dare I say, maybe we'll throw it up whether we want to let's, let's let the audience maybe give us some feedback on whether we want to throw the industry legend tag on him. Um, because oh, I think he should get one. Do I not get a vote? Two very <laughs> iconic performances. <laughs> it's either I've already decided or we'll leave it up to the crowd. No, I agree. I mean, I think. <laughs> you know, I um. He's also in the video for Stan. Can you believe it? Shut up. No. You, you remember the hand? <laughs> you know the little hand that's running around in the background? It's writing like the letters to oh my goodness i was thinking maybe like just the close-ups of the handwriting would have been him they're just like he's the he's the hand so good yeah (laughs) um that's the second time that we've brought up magicians by the way on this podcast just keep i love them bringing them up maybe the third time actually it's the third time (laughs) so you can't get enough let's what's happened to the movie here (laughs) <laughs> so you know the movie the movie starts um i do just want to bring it up just because again you know fucking i do love fred willard i love when he pops up in things and i do appreciate the christopher guest stable of performers showing up in these late 90s teen comedies a la you know like eugene levy in in american pie i'm like i feel like mm-hmm. we were denied a late nineties raunchy teen comedy with like Michael McKeon is like the principal, you know what I mean? I think that would have been really good, you know, or like, or like where was Catherine O'Hara during some of this? Right. You know, let's, let's get them in. Um, (laughs) So I got, you know, certainly urban legend vibes from the, the oh my gosh so much so right. i completely forgot that his parents are fucking dead within like minutes of this movie starting i think i forget every time i've seen it 
it's probably where Ari Oster got the idea, you know, for Midsummer. It was like, you know, <laughs> let's just kill the parents like early, early on. Just let's get that out of the shocking. way. I saw this in Idle Hands once. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we can we can do this differently, you know. But you so, know what? So- I think that this is a great example to um, Danny that, you know, both of your parents could be murdered and you can just be fine immediately afterwards. Like, so here's here's your proof, folks. <laughs> Yeah, I, um, you know, certainly the, I forget what it says. It's like, I'm under the bed or I'm hiding under the bed, which like only shows up yeah. on those neon lights when you turn the thing on. I mean, I guess he must have shown up at some point standing on the bed, like on his tippy toes, trying to write on the ceiling. Yeah, and just didn't remember there. it or like, I don't know, that, that, that beginning sequence doesn't super makes sense to me i just feel like they had to get the parents out of the picture early on because how else was this movie going to play out um yeah there's i mean i'll I'll wait till we get to the end because you know how how would this all really play out for him for anton in the end prison definitely yeah. but um you know yeah you get short just very very short-lived you know fred willard um to die off screen poor guy Mm -hmm. you know and then the mom i was trying to see if if she's in other things but she wasn't the person that i like i thought i recognized for some reason Mm -hmm. i was like getting vibes of like the mom from twin peaks but Mm -hmm. different actress um slowest 911 dial i've ever seen in my life (laughs) when she finally gets to the bed and it's like it's like literally three numbers and then I and then Seth Green even makes that stupid joke later on. He's like, "Oh, we got to call nine one one. What's the number?" Yeah, and, <laughs> which oh is God. in the trailer. I remember seeing it so many times. Yeah, um, and and she gets pulled under the under the bed, and I'm like wondering, like, what's going on under there? Like, how is he like? Because like the bed starts like bouncing like underneath, and then there's and like a like blood splatter it. that happens. I don't. And are we know presuming that on. he's asleep? Like while this is happening and the hand is just doing all of it. Yeah, I guess like the hand is doing everything while he is asleep, a la always forget with the You parkour. fucking better not be bringing up malignant again. Yeah. So a la malignant, <laughs> I suppose. Same concept. He's just passed out while his hand is doing all the murdering. I I think James Wan was like, hey. <laughs> just like, so just many, like Ari Oster. So many he was filmmakers like, inspired by this. Yeah, I've got this idea, but instead of the hand, what if it's like they're holding fucking back and they're like flipping through things, you know, like, I think this would be great. And it was originally conceived as, yes, an idle hands tube. It was like spoilers for malignant. Spoilers for malignant, I guess. Yeah. Sorry, (laughs) everybody. Watch it. I feel bad for his parents. I'm only because these are not characters that we really get to know. But one thing that we do know is that they go all out for decorating for Halloween. And so... They're good people. They didn't deserve this. Yeah, I agree. They did not deserve this. That's a bummer. And when the mom and the mom just likes to decorate, she's already looking at Thanksgiving decorations, you know. And Fred Willard's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 honey, this and this and this and this. Slow it down. Slow it down. You know, let's really let's savor the Halloween spirit. You know, As as we all should. You know, I'm trying to think how long I could go without realizing. That my parents were gone or dead. I mean, honestly, even when he's like making that like fucking sandwich, just the weird, like, I love it. Like when that, like, 
whatever that like half like porno half fitness video or whatever that was like yeah playing on the tv i think it's just a fitness video and it's just that look video. on his just those like dead eyes and his like half dumb look mouth, just, on like, his face you know as he's just like using like the longest like you know like like a giant knife to just like he's oh my god slap. i love the blood with the mayonnaise i love it too it's, i think even without the so blood, much mayonnaise though, He's just slapping around mayo left and right. It's like all over his hands and he's about to eat it. So like that doesn't bother him at all. <laughs> but I, I also appreciate how, just how kind of cartoonishly, I like how when he realizes this thing, I know this is really dumb, I'm sorry, but just how he realizes that he's like out of things. Like he has to like hold up the milk, turn it upside down and go, huh? There's no milk coming out. Even though like, dude, you can lift that up and, absolutely realize it's empty when he realizes that he's out of weed he has to be like reach for the bag be like huh huh it's like an empty <laughs> bag and it's like bro you know that you're out of weed or you're using your last nug dude like fucking i think it's like a way you are. yeah i think it's just a way to show how immature disconnected and useless from and yeah, yeah like how he just is barreling through life with no just no attention to anything like just his own comfort and laziness and needs but like he expects that things are just going to show up i guess for him well clearly he doesn't realize that there is a fucking rash of murders happening all over town so when he goes over to see you know seth green and other mighty duck guy sorry it's eldon i've got the what name right here fucking Elden, name panub panub and and they and, panub. and I thought it was maybe a silent P, you know, like how there's a silent G in host, but it's Penub. Like, cause I think they, yeah, they say it a couple times. Um, so these murders happening all around sound. So, yeah, so the idea is that he had, didn't even just kill his parents. There were, um, what the twins that were at the, um, the who work at the fast food place the like jungle burger which we'll see mm. later on i don't um, know that all of those murders were him though because remember when they are when they find oh oh shit you're right yes 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 because i was like once she enters the mix it seems like she's hunting someone else and that it's moved to him but you're right because of the the mementos all of the murders that happen in that town are i i, I believe his hand you know that's just wild that he wouldn't wake up yeah again that's probably where they got the idea for malignant you know <laughs> same situation um same situation where was i going with all of this <laughs> um just his 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 overall uselessness as a as a person like we we really need to be under the impression that this is a teenage boy with no direction no goals nothing i do appreciate how the town's answer to all of these murders is like, yes, we'll have a curfew. Yes. Mm -hmm. But we also understand it's Halloween. So kids are just going to be kids, right? So what are we going to do? So let's call a curfew through the city, but mm -hmm. also hold a Halloween dance at the school. Smart. I, I didn't appreciate... <laughs> <laughs> again there's so many 90s references in this that i wonder if like somebody watching this now would get all of it like geez the fucking um the red shoe diaries reference when i was watching this i thought the same thing i was like oh my gosh if i were like not a child of the 90s and watch this now would you get it they're talking about how like 
oh we you know it's like oh why would we want to go to that dance like can you see us wearing costumes you know grooving to hansen and jewel and i'm like bro if you told me like in high school that there was yeah a, a halloween party or maybe not like you know fuck fuck any other sort of dance it'll be a halloween specific one we'll be jamming jewel i like jewel fuck y'all i love she's jewel. okay and yeah. i love hansen get the fuck we love hansen here. we fucking love so, hansen here so yeah, we nobody better be talking shit i'm like get the fuck out of here and then also just ugh, and then just i think also i have some some trauma some some childhood trauma of just growing up in southern california and just whenever I just hear Sublime, I just immediately cringe a little bit. Yeah, I, I, when I heard Sublime, I was like, oh, because I think Santeria like pops up like a cup, and the same thing. It's like you only could afford one song, so you got to play Santeria a few. It different feels times. that way. Like, like maybe they, maybe a lot of that twenty-five million dollar budget was spent on the soundtrack. And they were like, oh, we are getting our money's worth. I mean, who knows how much did they have to pay the offspring? They were at like peak fame. That was that was a year after or the year of Pretty Fly for a White Guy. Which no, do they not play it in this movie? They don't. Um, and I would say for better or worse, that probably, yeah, probably be the peak of their fame because that song, whew, that's tough. Well, it 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 transcended um that whole album like listeners. Honest, it's it's you they were you know the offspring was like we've reached we've we've reached so much of our base and yet we don't have the people that like to quote rob schneider in adam sandler movies you know saying you can do it i always assume that they were very self-aware when they put that song out and it was like meant to make fun of a lot of what white guys were doing in in the late 90s like your your stands if you will (laughs) (laughs) but um i i would not dare talk shit on the offspring especially on recording because for those of you who don't know my husband might just be like one of their number one fans still to this day the offspring plays so much in my household whenever he is sad he'll put that on or real big fish yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hey, and you know, hey, hey, I forgot what episode I was. Def- yeah, I was defending Ska a couple episodes ago. So, you know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> yeah, mm, eh, I don't know. But yes, I, I would say I'll listen to The Offspring over Sublime. Oh, 1000%. I, I've never listened to Sublime. I only know their, only know their singles. Um, yeah. Nothing about their music has ever appealed to me. And then also the other thing too, just in the 90s like god that's something i just just can't relate to anymore just like how hard it was to like just find weed i know i thought that was really interesting (laughs) Uh, we we all we you know we we live in two completely legal states now yeah i mean they are minors too so that like yes it would still be easier for them now but um, stop me from getting booze you know as a minor i feel like that was still pretty easy where are they where are they located well, actually, I wanted to ask you that. Um, where does this movie take place? I, I don't fucking know. It's, is it an imaginary town? I was trying to work it off that pentagram map that Vivica <laughs> A. Fox drew out. And I was trying to see. I like, feel like that was is... a stretch, too, how she got to that pentagram. Like, she she just adds in lines to a circle. 
I There's like... <laughs> love that. I feel like, you know, if you just gave me any sort of like random grouping of cities on a map, I'd figure out a way to make that into a pentagram. I'd be like, oh my God, you know, or they're, you know, or it's not like, it's like, like, uh, like ley lines kind of a little bit, but like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if ley lines always make a shape of a pentagram. I'm pretty sure they no. don't, but yeah, I don't know. I thought it's funny. I love her whole vibe. The one thing that I didn't understand at first with her. Okay. So she's not a nun because you, you see her as a nun and I think she needs no, to be No, she's a, undercover. But she uses her real name so i was like why uh, but the way that she rips that nun outfit off of her like super hot like huntress outfit like i i don't i don't see that being her actual look yeah and it's just funny because it's like you know she's like oh i need to pre- i need to pretend to be a nun to get into this jail i'll use my real name because i guess who cares <laughs> why not so I guess the important part is that she needs to be a nun. Only nuns are allowed direct access like that. Mm -hmm. But then she's also a druid priestess of a long line of druids that, you know, are sworn to fight this one specific thing, which is when the devil takes over a hand, which has been happening, right? There could be generations that haven't even had to actually do that. And like, you know, every now and then, like every couple decades, maybe it pops up as a problem right and she's just one of the unlucky ones yeah or it's like a slayer situation where it's like mm-hmm. you know kind of on you know kind of a line of people just kind of always on standby but you know and then when they get their when they get their number they get their number i would have preferred vivica a fox to i think a number of the slayers on that show oh 100 percent. yeah i think she'd be great i mean honestly yeah. she'd be the second best behind buffy probably you could probably slot her in pretty easy I know. Yeah. I like how I just flippantly say, I have a lot of opinions around Buffy when I've seen very little compared to I know. I've seen it quite a few times. I feel like there's, I'll see if it pops up in my head, but I feel like there was some other random Buffy reference that I was like, I bet you'll know. Yes. Actually, I know exactly what it is and I'll bring it up later. Um, Okay so how how far did we get into this movie (laughs) well so basically there's so there's two things that are happening right now you introduce uh vivica a fox who's doing her thing Mm -hmm. um driving around the country trying to find this evil hand and then devon sawa finds out there's all these murders that are going on and also we introduce jessica alba who's riding her motorcycle around Mm mm-hmm it's more of like a like a scooter or something like a little, like, a, like a vespa that yeah it's like a more like not like a motorcycle but a motorbike like a kind of, moped but not yeah kind of situation so yeah but then like trying to do her like kind of cool look and you know i'm sorry no one looks no one know. looks cool on those <laughs> yeah no one i was gonna say, say i it. know I'm pro helmet. I'm pro safety, but no one looks cool in a helmet. Come on. No one looks cool in a helmet at all. And take off that helmet, put in a cigarette, then you're those, gonna start looking cool. <laughs> those those moped Vespa things, I'm sorry to anyone listening who drives one or has. I fucking hate those things. I think they are the dorkiest looking fucking things I've ever seen. And that is just that's my hot take on those. They also just seem really unsafe. Like if a motorcycle is not safe, imagine getting hit by a car on one of those. Oh, you're just, you're squished. 
absolutely squished. I wouldn't want my teenager driving one of those. I don't think I know anybody who rides a motorcycle regularly that has all of their like original skin intact. Mm-hmm. Usually some sort of some sort of accident or something. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like, you know, I've you know, I've never met a skateboarder that didn't have a broken arm at some point. You know what I mean? Oh like, God, hey, we know. just got Phil's skateboard for Christmas. <laughs> well, that's what's gonna You've seen, those skate, you've seen those skate videos. The whole second half is watching. No, I have shit. not seen skate videos, Kyle. Oh my God. Are you oh. kidding? Do oh, I, I seem get... like the type of person that watches a fucking skate video? I mean, I didn't think I was going to be either, but again, growing up in Southern California, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just always on. You just have some, it's just everywhere. some birdhouse fucking you know, video on. I don't know. It's, uh, it was just like the, the white noise of my, of my childhood was that <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. Before that evolved into like jackass where they're like, do we need the skateboards? I think people just let's like just, to see bones getting broken. Yeah, you know? let's just break or break everything. So Johnny Knoxville and his like ragtag group of children. Like, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's 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 do this. So, yeah, and of course, then he introduced yeah yet again. You know, we already talked about Jessica Alba and her whole vibe and her whole character. Um, I guess I also just for the sake of just kind of getting through the pace of this movie, I didn't mind how it was like. Eh, we don't need to. She even says like, we don't need to do the sneaking around stuff we don't need to do this building up to us like being a couple let's just let's just start at it let's just go you know um i like yeah how... obviously there's a lot of um tension and history there that we don't get access to in this movie because yeah she jumps into that pretty quick and she seems like she also feels like two characters because she's supposed to be this like artsy musician but she also seems like she's probably the most popular girl in school and so I think Anton is kind of a stretch for her as like, as a partner, because he just seems like a mess. And she seems like she's probably got a laundry list of hobbies and friends. And he's just the total opposite. Maybe that's just me reading far more into the plot than it even exists. It's like, she's got to be the popular girl, but she's got to be also kind of the punk rocker. And then she's Mm -hmm. also got to be the girl next door, you know? So it's all of those things. That's a lot of things. I know. So poor Jessica Alba, she's got to be, you know, yeah. So let's give her credit being able to carry uh, all these performances at once. I'm not going to say that it lands well (laughs) necessarily because it's still very confusing, the whole thing. But um, it's just hard where watching these, it's... I don't remember how I processed watching these scenes when I was younger, a much more impressionable child, but like, especially watching this now. We would have been like 12. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's, that's like the worst, honestly, in a lot of cases, the worst age to watch this movie, because some of these lessons and some of this language that's thrown around in this, in this movie, it's like, oh my gosh. And the way that it's his Pan's behavior is not only excused but encouraged you know like hey 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 now hey now i'm gonna defend uh not the hand jessica alba's character on this one because her reaction to all this shit like sorry for oversharing mom if you're listening um her reaction to that hand and all of that shit would have been my same reaction in high school i would have been like oh okay you you want to get rough like literally i absolutely like 
Um, yeah, again, I don't know the context and the history of their relationship. They probably certainly know each other well enough, maybe. I don't know. But at the well, same time... Well, it seems time- like they grew up next to each other. But I mean, like, they're they're down to fuck. Like, they do fuck. So, I mean... Yeah, I think if she wasn't already just so completely down to have sex with him from the get-go, yeah, then it, it probably worked would have worked out maybe a little differently, I would think. But I'm like, it's just how, you know, uh, because it's not, I don't know where I would have land with this. But again, I, I do think it's like, eh, no, that's, that's, that's sexual assault. And that's, and he's hurting her. And then, but I like how she's just like, you know, well, first, like, you know, that like the ass grab. And of course, she's like, hmm, I'm impressed. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, hey, so, you know but what? that's the thing. You know, that's well, the thing. I don't like encouraging men to be like, that's what women want. That's, that's what, that's how you show that you're in control, that you have, you know, you're just, so here's, here's the thing. One, women find that sexy. Don't worry. It's but hey, if you're saying that they do, it's 1999. Number two, like, so you've got the datedness there. So like, you can't get, you can't get around that. Like the, uh, there's some questionable, you know, language and things that are like clearly outdated and not the best. And then you've got this scene, which like, you can find this scene in many a nineties comedy movie where it's like, yeah a dude doing something fucking dumb and the girl being like, Oh, intriguing. Like, I like that. Yeah. But I think the reason why like this isn't like the worst thing in the world to me, one, because nothing in this movie is believable at all Two, you've got a situation where like, again, like Jessica Alba is super into him, like super duper into him. So she's not at any point giving even the audience hints of like discomfort, uncomfortableness, or like anything being mm. wrong. Like I was uncomfortable. <laughs> you no, now. you as the audience, like I'm saying her reaction is not like she doesn't give like a no reaction at any point. And I'm not saying that that's like that's the filmmakers doing that. Like she's an actress. But like when you're watching it as someone in the audience, if she was like, oh, no, like I'm not into that. And then the hand continues to do all the things that it's doing, that would I feel like the scene would play out a lot differently. So, you know, again, one of those situations where it's it's a scene from a stupid comedy in the 90s and that's how it's going to play out. But like if you're watching it from a 2023 lens, absolutely like that this scene in this movie would be weird in a in a movie now. When they're on the bed and his right hand like literally like starts choking her. Yeah. Right. Pretty quickly. And then she's like, uh, okay, I don't that hurts. I don't like this. And then he fucking like goes and starts fucking choking her again. And then like she gets up and she's looking concerned. And then he's like, no, 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 don't even worry. I'm just going to tie my hand to this post. You know, this one that keeps trying to like hurt you and choke you and kill you. I'm just going to tie this one. And then she goes, ooh, kinky. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And then she's like, yeah, all right. I guess we're going to fuck now. And then they do. And you're just like, okay. (laughs) There's a lot of, 
there's a lot i mean and th- that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg in terms of just like oh geez just the awful um well, and his dumbass shouldn't have even been there in the first place like you know you have a murderous hand and you're literally willing to risk this girl's life to have sex <laughs> that's the that's the worst part well it's like i wonder <laughs> like is it really his hand that's dragging him along from place to place without thinking. Oh, in that situation, absolutely not. Like he's blaming his hand, but he fucking follows her. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the hand was like, nah, dude, that's not me, man. That's that's your dick. That is. That is yeah, he's like a different just, body part is leading you at this point. <laughs> just dragging him around. You yeah. Know, <laughs> from place to place. Um, I'm pretty sure that was, I think, Robot Chicken, you know, Seth Green, right? I think they did yeah. they did some sort of parody on that. I think I remember seeing that like in the IMDb trivia where it was like, oh, but no, it was totally. like, it was like testicles that were possessed. I think. Oh, so I, I didn't watch it, but I'd assume probably some sort of version, whatever. Um, you know, I know, uh, yeah, I mean, we hopped around quite a bit, but, you know, of course, you know, the friends find out that his parents are dead. I mean, he finds out that, he, you know, his parents are dead. The killer was mm-hmm. in his house. He's finding out that it's him or he mm-hmm. finds out it's him. Like it's very solidified when Mick and Penub find out and then he kills the both of them. Well, he didn't realize that it was him until they were there. Right. Well, exactly. Because he's holding yeah. a piece of the T-shirt and he's like, what the fuck? Like looking down at it. Exactly. So, yeah, because I do remember, you know, when the first time watching this movie in a while, I'm like, well, I do know the two friends come back. But everyone else who's dead is is dead. So how does that work? You know, or like what what makes this different? And when, you know, he buries his parents and buries, you know, his friends mm-hmm. and then the friends come back and like literally it was just like, you know, explained with a line of dialogue like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, you know, there was a light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, you know, play <laughs> angels and play music and that stuff like that. Far away. <laughs> but that shit's far away. So we're like, no, we're good. So I'm like, is it that easy? And then why aren't there more people? And then also if Anton at the end, I know I'm trying to, you know, I'm not trying to come up with reasonings for all this, but like they even, <laughs> they even say that Anton at the end sees the light after he's crushed by the car. Mm. So is he already dead? Do you have to be already dead to see that light and walk towards it? Do you have to be almost dead? Because when he comes back, he's not a zombie. He's in the body cast, but he's not dead, right? So I... I wasn't understanding a lot of this. Um, I'm watching, you know, I told you, I often have the movie on in the background when we're I talking don't remember. about did, it. Wait, did he it's actually just... like see a tunnel with light at the end? Or was it just like, like the screen like fades into white? I think I remember like Seth Green or something, maybe alluding to the fact which it's just like, you know, like, hey man, you know, it's not your time, you know, turn mm. around or whatever. I'm not yeah. sure. I can't remember. Like, <laughs> you know i told you i have the i often put the movie on in the background again we're watching it and he uh just put that knitting needle or crochet needle right through the cop's head those are pretty good fuck those fuck those stupid cops that's pretty that checks out pretty well is that there's a bunch of bunch of fucking dorks that yeah got bullied in high school that turned into cops yeah
Yeah. Then his whole like weekend at Bernie's like slapstick vibe that kind of goes away a little bit because he doesn't have the hand controlling him. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Christopher Hart really takes his performance of the hand running around, right? As it's yeah. been cut off. But I, um, ooh, yeah, just like on the bagel cutter, <laughs> just how dull a bagel oh, cutter is. I yeah. Know. That's, uh, that's, that's really silly. I like the physical, um, like the damage that the two friends take. So you have, um, Penub, his he loses his head and then Seth Green is like okay like we need to fix this and he sticks that fucking pitchfork like into his like neck hole and then mm. sticks the head on with it like that was very like ugh. yeah that that actually kind of grossed me out then he eats when he eats the microwave burrito and the beans come out of his like cut open like gap between his neck and his head that is so fucking gross but like in the best way possible i thought that was a really fun effect and then they just end up taping it shut (laughs) i love it it's pretty good yeah i thought that was pretty fun again yeah you know seth green's using like the the iron to like cauterize the uh the end of his hand which is smart i think that was actually pretty smart he's like have you ever seen er yeah, <laughs> ER, ER. I think was going on for. I don't even. Is ER even still on? I don't no. Even know. You were thinking um, like General Hospital. Yeah, I do like the. You know, speaking of the. You know, we we had talked about the soundtrack and some of the, the music choices in this movie. I always love a good reason to throw Dragula in a movie, and oh, a little yeah. bit of the video too. I would yes. say yes. I was thinking about that top ten nineties song. What do you think? I love that song so much. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. I said yeah. I, I I did top five and then I crossed out five and put ten just in case I wanted to be a little. There's so many bangers in the nineties. There's so, so many. I mean, you have to like separate them into genres at some point because there's so many good ones from the nineties. Rob Zombie's videos were really fun too. So when they show that little clip of the of his of his uh, Dracula video, that's pretty fun. Also, just sitting around the house watching music videos feels very that's a vibe. very nineties. Yeah, I like how the hand always wants to watch like spooky stuff. Yes, it keeps trying to change it back to horror. <laughs> yeah, and then he's just yeah. like, "No, let me watch cartoons," and he's like, "No, spooky yes. shit, Twilight Zone only." <laughs> you know, I thought that was really good. That's good. Um, oh my gosh! And then. I do like how, and it was before he cuts his hand off where, and that's how we reintroduce Randy again. Cause it's like, oh, well, Randy, he listens to the, He listens to that uh, Motley Crue song a lot. I think he knows a lot about the devil. Maybe you should talk to him. Yeah. So <laughs> what a stupid, uh, stupid assumption. The only time I like laughed out loud during this movie was when he was at the burger place and he takes over the drive through duties from Tom DeLonge. Um, yeah <laughs> with a like bleach blonde hair at the time yeah and then when randy's going through the drive-thru ordering his food and then out of like the uh the drive-thru speaker that's like a monkey it just says yeah. tell me what you know about the devil <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I laughed pretty hard during that one um <laughs> such a such a dumb joke but i i thought that was really great i also another i think seth green's actual maybe my favorite line of his is when 
the knitting needles don't work out when he kills the cops. And he's like, I thought this would work. Like, or he, like Randy said, this would work. And, and Seth Green says like, I thought you realized like, this is metaphor. Like it's metaphorical, like not literally like the devil's, what is it? Idle hands or the devil's playground or whatever. Um, I love that. He's just like, it's, it's a metaphor. So I thought that was pretty fun. But it was working. And then also, is it a metaphor? Because you're you're dead and there is an evil hand that's killing people. Is it really a metaphor at this point? That's true. I mean, I guess he did. I mean, his hands were completely idle. Like it it takes some work to light that lighter up and uh, hold that bong at the same time. So he got busy hands. I like how it was his right hand. He was like, oh, no, no, no. I use plenty of it's my left hand for Glenn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I guess maybe I laughed a little bit there too. But yeah. um <laughs> whatever. And then just like even still, you know, it's just like, oh gosh, just Jessica Alba, you're like, you know, like after he's like cut off his hand, you know, he's still covered in blood. He's still like, you know waving around like a hatchet and shit jessica alba's at the door in her little angel outfit wanting to go to the dance and just be like yeah. what are you doing should i just call me if you're gonna be late though you know and this and this and this and just playing honestly so dumb with all of this oh, up so until dumb. like in that haircut oh my god if she wasn't so hot like no one else could pull off that haircut that late 90s haircut that she has is one of the worst haircuts of that time I would say like her and Rachel Lee Cook kind of situation, even though they do look mm. very similar. I feel like, and they both had that same haircut. I'm thinking no, like Rachel, Rachel Lee, Lee Cook, Cook had like a cute little, like, it was like a bob, like it was like a straight bob. That is like a, like if someone had that now, like that is a mom haircut. Well, because they're all moms now, like when they were, at, <laughs> when they were that age in 1999, that makes sense. Oh gosh. Isn't it kind of a bob with hers? I don't know. You know. I don't know. It's just a ba- it's a it's it is very of that time. Very yeah. of that time. I know I'm jumping around a bit still, but you know, I think the effects in this movie, um, I think are generally pretty good. I would actually say even the computer effects with yeah. um Penub's head, you know, mm-hmm. and like his face and him talking on it. I yeah. think I've I've seen movies come out much later than this that looked much worse. So absolutely for, you know kind of like the they low did a good job budget kind of thing, you know. And then mm-hmm. also um I love the uh when he puts the hand in the microwave and yes. then you can see the hand and it starts like you can tell it's just like mechanical things just squirting blood out of it yeah which, i don't know if fun. that's how it would happen if you microwaved a hand no it looks tried. fun though that was but, a fun a fun effect for sure yeah yeah between that and geez i know the poor dog in urban legend just think of all just like the micro situations but damn and they could have been just fine that they should have just kept that microwave closed and just gotten rid of it I would have thought that would have killed it, man. Like, how did it make it through that microwave situation? Like, I would have been pretty confident to open it up and just check it out. And that's not something I normally say. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Those, like, Tina's frozen burritos 
Yeah. <laughs> eating. Sorry, that popped up on the screen. I'm just lived like lived oh, off of those in high school. Oh, I know. I'm They're like, so I... gross. Now I think about those, and I'm just like, oh my god, the heartburn, the indigestion, like, oh, so yeah. bad. That's yeah, really awful. Um, <laughs> so he's able to. So so he's going to the dance with Jessica Alba as a, and she's like, "What are you supposed to be?" And then he's like. <laughs> Oh, I'm a, yeah, just like a bloody fast food person, you know? Yeah. Which also, what did he say? Like a, a fast food, like worker accident gone wrong or something. Which I'm like, you know, given the two people like at your school that died at this fast food restaurant, I would think even especially insensitive. Knowing, it's pretty insensitive. Not what's ignore the fact that like you're the one responsible or at least your hands, the one yeah. responsible for that. Um, yeah. I love how the friends are so it's like there's like an urgency usually from like Devin Sawa, but not from anybody else. Like everybody else is like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Like his things. Or maybe maybe yeah. Fox, you know, like those two. The only other one. They I seem feel to like be the only friends, ones actually concerned. His friends are dead. Like they're just there for the ride. Like they don't give a shit what happens to him. Like, they're like, well, if this is his worst case scenario, like, we're already here. So, so be it. Like, I'd be pretty cavalier. It's like they open up the microwave and the hand just launches out and runs away. And they're like, eh, okay. Yeah, they're like, we still need to eat these burritos. Like, and the the fact that they still use the microwave, like, I wonder if they would have been the same way had they still been alive or if because they are the living dead now they have maybe a different moral compass. I don't know. I figured, I think I made that. I made kind of a dumb joke about that during the urban legend episode where it was like, how long do you think like in a normal, just like college dorm microwave, how long do you think before someone would clean out those pieces of dog? Like how many yeah. spaghetti, how many bowls of spaghetti were microwaved before that was finally cleaned out? I yeah. would, you know, so same kind of vibe. I also like yeah. when they're at the high school later and you know, Devin saw was like, you know, I, I forget exactly what happens, but they're like, fuck, you let him out again. You know, you let it, you let it get away. And then Penub's just like, fine then, dude, fuck you. And then like, he's just turning around just to yeah. walk off. Like, he's just like, oh, I guess my, I'm, I guess I'm done. I don't care. You know, yeah, I, I he's just like, like how just quickly. I, I don't care. Yeah, he's like, I don't know, let him kill everybody. I also don't understand the whole, I mean, I don't need to, but the whole kind of vibe with this devil hand situation will kill until but it also needs to drags again drag someone to hell before midnight on a certain day i don't know after how many days he the devil needs to be or the hand needs to be killing people before that or like a certain amount of bodies maybe there was another time i laughed out loud but not i don't think it was an intention it was intentionally but they're like, well, you know, but you know, your girlfriend's gonna get dragged to hell at midnight. And Devin Sava's like, well, that's cool. I mean, it's like only a few minutes to nine. We got plenty of time. And then yeah. Fox is like, no, druid time. And I'm like, where does this movie take place? And I was thinking, if it takes place in California, is druid time just East Atlantic Coast time, <laughs> East Coast time? Yeah. Is, it, is that Pacific is just... or Eastern Standard Time? yeah druid time is Perhaps. like, oh, <laughs> like so, okay you could have just said 
EST. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They say it at the end. See, this is why I put this on in the background. They're in Bolin, right? And but I couldn't remember if oh. exactly. Um, is it even the name of a? It's. I, I do like that they threw in that um that extra kill of that couple in the car because otherwise I feel like the body count would be a little bit low. Why does she have to be topless? I knew it. I was like, you're going to complain about seeing titties in a movie. I aren't I the worst fucking dude for this kind of shit? Worst. Um, I number one, that woman has amazing breasts. Um, that's it's a yes. The biggest thing wrong with that scene is if there are three hands on my breasts, I will tell you right now, I'm going to notice right away. Yeah. I'm not just going to be like, wow, what is he doing? What magic is this person this. bringing on? No, there are three hands on you, girl. One of them is dead. So it probably is cold as hell as well. And there is one thing that no one wants on their hand, on their, on their boobs. And that is freezing cold hands. Cold, rotting flesh. Cold, rotting flesh. It could be alive. It could be dead. Just don't be cold. But you know what? I was about to be, well, especially because like, I thought, you know, don't get me wrong. I think part of it's just like, especially post scream. I'm like, eh. Now that we've like just blown up that whole concept in scream, you know, and among other movies, they're like, do we really need this type of whatever, whatever? But I do appreciate, hey, equal situation even though we don't get to see any dong from the other guy mm-hmm. not that i need to <laughs> but it's disappointing it's... how how few times you get to see full male frontal in movies i do appreciate though where hey you know what not only a woman was sexually assaulted and then killed by this hand this this other dude at the school was sexually assaulted with you know because i i and i didn't remember that part in the movie because i was like watching it with my wife and i'm just like and i'm like i th- i would feel better if the hand just went you know from from dude to dude crawling up hands ripping out dongs and then just going from one to one to one you know like I, that would even it out a little bit right <laughs> and then lo and behold it does so or at yeah. least for that one guy so i'm like hey you know what let's at least the movie <laughs> at least the movie um sets an equal playing f- well not really you know but i don't know that was <laughs> that was my observation <laughs> meanwhile meanwhile right they all go back to this 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 uh well this school dance um the hands on the way to the dance jessica alba's on her way to the dance the three dudes hop into or they all conveniently you know the keys randy leaves the keys to his fucking truck his precious precious truck if it's that fucking precious don't leave it unlocked with your keys on the fucking what is that thing called visor yeah and also speaking of like casual sexual assault i know (laughs) is when they take off in the truck Jessica, Vivica A. Fox, I, I always gonna Vivica and Jessica. I'm always gonna get them mixed up. I'm sorry, <laughs> but she jumps behind the truck and says no, and then you know she gets hit and gets launched like 20 feet, you know, straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then falls onto the thing. When Randy like kneels down next to her and is like about to give CPR, he like looks at her, looks up, like looks to the left, to the right, 
Yeah. And then has this little grin. Mm. Yeah. And then and then puts his mouth on her mouth. Like he's like, like this is my vibe. I'm gonna get to get away with this. Like he's not like, oh, let me save her life. Like, mm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get some sexual that's, gratification. That's out of the this. weirdest. That's, awful. that's actually probably the weirdest thing in this movie because clearly his intention is to like make sure that she's breathing and perform cpr because like when he does that i was like oh my god is he gonna like feel her up like i thought he was gonna do something way different with that that posturing the eye work the smirk and then just like does regular cpr i'm like dude if that's exciting to you like to give a woman cpr like you obviously have not been having anything going on in your life because that is odd very strange um the most recent cpr class i took you know the the new kind of thought the new school of thought is you know the the mouth-to-mouth really honestly isn't the most important thing by any means it's really just you know the the consistent the chest compressions and getting that you know just to kind of keep the you know oxygen moving through those organs Mm -hmm. before the paramedics arrive um so i wonder if they did that one because i think people are uncomfortable doing that especially for a stranger mm. and then two also to ward off perverts you know i think of that uh scene yeah and um dude how many times people fucking probably hate how much i've referenced movies and can't remember the name of them um the you're great lot. at that is what I'm thinking about with with a Sandlot that scene with uh, our pal from Scream Four and Five, Marley. I've Shelton. only ever seen okay, so I've only ever seen Sandlot once. Marley so. Shelton is a like a you know a young attractive high school young attractive to these boys. She's, she's a lifeguard, right? Yeah, she's a lifeguard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't want to say young, attractive high school. And I'm like, well, she's attractive to these children. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not to me as a 36 year old man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Marla Shelton, she's great. Love her. But she's, oh, so it's uh, so maybe those changes in CPR is also just a ward off perverts. Like the dude in Sandler. <laughs> they were like, Randy you know, maybe here. we don't need people just putting their faces on other people's faces. Yeah. So they all ultimately make it to this dance. I... Oh my God. Her and Tanya. I do like Tanya a lot, even though Tanya does drop a, a pretty not very not cool word. Um, oh yeah. On. But I do like the dancing situation where it's like what they're doing. I'm trying to do the dance right now, but the way that Jessica Alba dances in this movie is so good. And so strange. Like that's, I hope no one watches this and is like, is that how people danced in the nineties? Cause it's not. <laughs> It absolutely is not. She's dancing in her, like to the beat of her own drummer. She's dancing alone, you know, where they're both dancing alone together, but both doing that whole same kind of vibe. It was, it was pretty funny, but you know, she wants to get early because she doesn't want to miss the band. And you have the offspring that play this band and they do uh, like one original. And then they also do that Ramones cover. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was wondering if I was the offspring or some band or, you know, and, and the city of Bolin or the high school or, you know, school district, you know, they come to me and say, Hey, here's the situation. <laughs> um, there's been, there's been a, 
a pretty wild string of murders, pretty gruesome <laughs> murders throughout this city. And we have no leads. Um, and everyone's in a real panic. So we're going to put in a curfew. And we're going to put everybody at a Halloween dance. But we need a band to play. Um, do you have any questions or any issues with that? <laughs> or, you know, I'm like, I'm thinking like, would I just like take the check and be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do it. Or be like, huh, this is a weird situation. I don't know if I want to be in a small town in a centralized area where like everybody is. <laughs> and when there's like a murderer running loose and you have like no leads like whatsoever, and they're super gruesome murders. And of course, you know, turns out, hey, you know, they made the uh, they made the the greedy choice and said, would, yeah, we'll take that it. check. We'll play that show. And then look what yeah. happened to poor, poor Dexter Holland there. I know. I always forget that he dies, too. Yeah. I think he's the only one that gets a line out of the four of them. It's yeah. like, all right, kid, you've had your fun, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and then he gets his like, yeah, scalp ripped off. Um, yeah, that's great. I don't know. I hope that yeah. he asked for that. I hope he was like, listen, if I'm going to be in this movie, like I would like, I would like to be murdered. Same high school, I believe is the same high school auditorium as the one at the end of Buffy, the movie. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I think I remember reading that somewhere. And then you have, like, I forgot the whole puppet situation. I always forget that fucking puppet and i love that it's able to like match the expression like i feel like they just had to find a way yeah. to i don't know give the hand more of a character it gets pretty silly when yeah. when the puppet's involved for sure it's a little much you know funny enough i was talking about like i don't remember about any other need for detached hands in things after this movie so of course you know you don't see Christopher Hart much or his hand much in anything, but his last on-screen performance was a 19th, same year, 1999 episode of Angel. Um, yeah. He played the hands in an episode called I Fall to Pieces. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I actually was, when I was looking through his IMDb, when you brought him up, I noticed that. And yes, I do remember that. Seeing that he was in he had some bit piece in an episode of angel and then i remember the puppets and the end of this i was like is he in that puppet episode no no show? no it's not no it's not that same episode but that's a great but episode. does he does he play one hand or two hands does he play both hands i don't remember that that part i don't remember i haven't watched angel in a long time i feel like everybody's memory of angel is a little hazier than buffy because i mean obviously it was the uh lesser show probably of the two Definitely the lesser show of the two, but I will say it's a Fun fucking solid ways. show. It's a solid show. There's one season that you probably could forget, but it's pretty good. I do like the the puppet fight. That's all really fun. Yeah. What is, wait, Tanya's her, her best friend? Yeah. Okay. And Tanya retired from acting shortly after this and is married to Hank Azaria. She's a therapist in like Kansas City or something. Oh, good for her. I like her character. I like that she's like into she's she's into Penub and she's like making out with him and Seth Green is like, dude, that's fucking gross. Like you're dead. Dude, if Seth, if someone wanted to make out with Seth Green, he would have He would have went for it. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. He was just being bitter. But I love that she she gets chopped up by the fan. Oh yeah. This like, you know, fucking like out <laughs> of a James Bond villain lair, 
yes. situation crawling through these vents and then the fan um i did think it was really funny I, I i did laugh a little bit when when seth green was like i'm not going through all this tanya yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty fucking funny <laughs> so, i uh, but and then also like where did we went to high school together um yeah. we did not have a puppet theater as much as i remember as far as i remember right you never saw the puppet theater no did we have one <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> um like damn you missed out i'm like and it's like just like a like there's a, like a <laughs> number of puppets in this high school this is a high school mind you a number of puppets and a whole ass like and by whole ass i mean like you know how big it's like an act like a, you know those like puppet stages that you see yeah you know, yeah very, you know you know maybe five feet by four feet or something like that with a little curtain on it but i'm just like where the fuck <laughs> is this like you know, i remember I, watching when i watched it i that didn't even register because the school that I am most frequently in is a fucking elementary school. So puppets being all over a classroom would be like totally normal. I didn't even like register like, oh, this is a high school. Like they wouldn't just be making puppets in art class, like a bunch of fucking second graders. Again, yeah, I, I agree with you. I love that um, the puppet's expression changes somehow. Because so you know what? Fuck it. He's the devil. Like, why, yeah, like what's... I, he I don't, knew what he wants. At this point anything can happen in this movie and i yes. believe it you know mm-hmm. um i really love how you know you know so vivica a fox and randy they're able to come to the high school they find devon sawa mm-hmm. and they're like hey we're here to fight this demon or whatever and then devon Sawa's like okay cool awesome what's the plan and then she's like die yeah <laughs> <laughs> just to kill him try to kill you him know? doesn't it, like doesn't even look at his hands like he's yeah. missing a fucking hand. Didn't even yeah. look down. I know. And then like, Jesus, the whole time even Randy's just like, you know, it's a little extreme kitten boots or whatever the fuck he calls yeah. it. Or like, what's the fucking uh, baby snakes? What, Does he call Jessica her that? Al- no, Jessica Alba <laughs> calls Devin Sawa that a few different times. <laughs> they they have I like pet that names she goes straight to snakes. like to like pet names after one encounter of being like we're gonna fuck and then we're officially boyfriend and girlfriend and poor peanut you know just i feel like he he was thinking like did i have like is this does the dead look is that what's that's the turn on for girls because he maybe he just didn't have like much of like an interest in going out and trying to date but i'm like i don't know maybe things could have worked out if he were still alive I know. Well, then- or if tanya didn't get like into little tiny pieces like you know she could have come back as a zombie how does that work? So if you die mm. and she doesn't she have that opportunity as well? She sees the light. What if she Would was you like, want to go back to that body? Well, but there isn't one anymore. So I'm like, how does that work? I mean, that's what I'm again, saying. Like, then are you just, just like a blob? Poking dumb holes. Or maybe you're just you a know. ghost. Yeah. Yeah. We can't think too much about that. Dude, I forgot fucking offspring, man. I forgot like the guitar players like wearing like a um i always have a reference and i never who's the mayor of flavortown what <laughs> guy fieri that's it can't with you <laughs> he's wearing like a guy fieri like, shirt with like what are you talking about? he's the mayor of flavortown um right. 
he he makes the the donkey sauce i that is not the those clues are not leading me anywhere yeah you know the mayor of flavor town with the donkey sauce um wow. but he has like you know but uh the the guy from offspring i've seen this shit before or that shirt before where it's like got you know it's like the like the button up kind of oh, the short flames. Got the that's flames what you're on referring it. to yeah, that whole that whole spiel just now is just to get to like that that flame button up shirt that we all know yeah. from the late 90s i think it's needles is his name he calls himself needles dude from offspring joel would know um, of course and so originally the ending of this movie was supposed to and I guess there's a deleted scene we could probably find on YouTube where where it shows the, you know, there's supposed to be this kind of similar, maybe it's too dis- too similar to the faculty because it ended like at the pool and there was like a oh. giant monster in a portal like of like a wall of like hands trying to like, you know, drag them to hell. Oh, that and... would have been cool. It was probably yeah. too expensive. Well, and they thought that like tonally it didn't, work with the rest of the movie so Mm. i guess then the plan was i guess this is how the the devil brings people to hell is to strap her on top of a car (laughs) paint a swastika on the roof no it's a pentagram sorry oh whatever both both shitty hey both evil little symbols (laughs) both evil um (laughs) and paint a pentagram on the ceiling and then, yeah, tie her to the roof of this car and then, like, press her into it. So I think, okay, here's my theory. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know that the car is actually necessary, like, and why the pentagram was put on the ceiling, because it probably would have just been easier to draw it on the ground, because I think the idea is you just need blood on the pentagram. Like, that would be enough to... Open yeah. whatever portal we wanted to do. So I'm assuming sure. it needs to be like all of her blood, like completely drained of blood. But like at that point, couldn't you just draw it on the ground and just slice her up? Like, wouldn't that be easier? Yeah, you just hang her upside down and slit her throat and just. Yeah, I mean, you can like, do. All... Clearly, you've shown you can do all of this. So I don't know why... exactly. Like, what's holding that... you back? Like, why the car? Um, but. So, I... It made it's a, it's a fun and weird. It was a weird choice. <laughs> and then with the puppet just cranking, I love that. I love it. Where I was like, you wonder if the movie could get any dumber when you're an hour and twenty in. But fuck, man, that last ending. It's like, nope. We're just gonna we're just gonna bring this down just another level of yeah. fucking stupidity with this. Well, and then and weed ultimately saving the day. I guess. Yeah, they, it's they, such a they dumb. Boxed the glove. Or the puppet. Which I think is is funny enough. Like, that didn't bother me. Nothing, like, none of the dialogue, like, truly bothers me between the two best friends. But the one thing that I was just like, why? And I don't know why this bothered me so much, is their argument of whether or not he made that bong. Like, he's like, no, like, I made this. And he's like, no, you didn't. Like, the guy's like, and I'm just like, who the fuck cares? Like, it feels like such an unnecessary and dumb joke that just it didn't land for me at all exactly i think like honestly 90 percent of their interactions just fall really fucking flat between that was the worst for me for sure but i did i 
I didn't mind the, like, they could have just been like, oh my God, like, remember I was working on this in fucking shop class. And like, that could have just been it, like, just to segue it in there. Um, yeah, I do. I do enjoy the outrageousness of like, I don't, I think it's Devin saw was like trying to save her and he like pulls on the dress. And of course the dress just like completely rips off and is just like a bra and panties on of top course. of the car like it's just of course it is um so i love i love that that little piece there too and i like that she gets like almost squished like she has to actually turn her face to to like fit in that little tiny space and then that's pretty pretty much gets us to the end of this movie but we do mm-hmm. have um his friends are his guardian angels well and then this whole extra piece where they're like oh we saved the day she's just going to stay in her underwear and they're just going to make out in yeah. this garage and then move their way under the car. I Why? know. Why? And then, ah, oh, Jesus. And then like, she, yeah. And then just leaves him there. I, <laughs> you know, and to be fair, I'll give Penub some credit. I think he says like, what it is. There's no reason for the car to drop that fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, like, why, why is that even an option? Yeah. <laughs> what what do you want me to do? If you were um, repairing that car, you would not want it to slam to the ground at a ferocious yeah, like, speed. Yeah, what's the option that allows it to just slam fucking <laughs> close? But you know, so then it puts him in a body cast, they end up at the hospital. There's guardian angels now, which I'm like, you're like, really, man? Like, so this just this dude that murdered me like now like i just have to spend not only like my uh, the undead portion of my life but then the afterlife portion yeah they were very cool about him murdering support them i would have been furious with you furious yeah but i do like that they fuck with him and they like write the note of i'm under the bed because that's the shit i would be doing to you if you had murdered me and i had to be your guardian angel i would just haunt the shit out of you absolutely i would too Yeah. yeah And that right, <laughs> and, that, and that, was, that brings us to the end of Idle Hands. I, um, <laughs> I like let me like just comb through some of my notes and just see if there's like anything that is super important in my notes that I did not bring up. But I think honestly, we did cover all of it. It's yeah, Anything it's a pretty else? simple. It's a pretty simple movie, and it's pretty short too. It's not a not a long film. It does get it points. Yeah, this is definitely not a movie that I would watch frequently. It's been a long time since I've watched it. Um, but, you know, it's fun to revisit it. You know, it's got pretty low Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, that kind of tracks. That's okay. The 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 perception at the time was not good for this movie. Um, yeah. I did see, you know me, I always like to poke my head around, especially in the 90s, to see, you know, some dumb awards it may have won. Um, it did send me down a little bit of a rabbit hole. I'm going to try to be brief. Again. But dang. So it was nominated for one um, award at the 1999 Teen Choice Awards. Uh, that was held those. on August 1st, 1999. Um, didn't have a designated host. Hey, you know, the Oscars struggle with that too. Um, <laughs> but you know, you did have Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Blink 182, and mm-hmm. Sync, Gloria Estefan. Love it. And uh, Britney well, and Britney Spears. Britney Spears. They list Britney Spears twice. Mm, okay. That was a big deal. So, <laughs> but 
again, what a just it's what a contentious time. You know, it was nominated for most disgusting scene. Um the other uh nominees. Um what was the disgusting scene that they were referring to? So it's funny, Devin Sawa gets the nomination for this. So it's okay. like Devin Sawa, Idle Hands, most disgusting scene. And it's when the cat is like eating at like his mom's eyeball. I love that part. I do too, but I'm like, hold on. First of all, the cat should be given the credit. The cat should have been nominated <laughs> for this. So I'm like, probably had to put catnip the... all over that eyeball. I know. So, um, and some of the other scenes honestly weren't that disgusting. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you have Jennifer Love Hewitt for "I Still Know What You Did Last Summer" for the tanning bed scene. Do you find that particularly disgusting by any means? No, no, no. not at all. Do you want to take a guess on what the winner could be? I'll give you a hint. This it's is not horror. Yeah, this most is disgusting scene. Mm-hmm. Not horror. I have no idea. Uh, Cameron Diaz in There's Something About Mary for her hair gel. <laughs> That's silly. The cat should have won. That's fair. Um, but I just want to, like, it did send me down a little bit of a rabbit hole, which is not a rabbit hole. I'm just looking through some of these. Um, you've got Choice Female Hottie Award uh, with okay. Jennifer Love Hewitt. I get it. Oh, yeah. um, America's Sweetheart at that time. So Choice Female Artist. This is fucked up. You have only two nominations for Choice Female Artist in 1999. You have Brandy and you've got Monica. And I'm like... Whoa. Wow. Why are we turning them against each other? We we like they're already fighting over boys. I know. Do we need to <laughs> create more competition between them? Like, <laughs> god damn. But I did think it was funny because Brandy was nominated for a couple of different things. Um, you know, I still know what she did last summer, you know, for some of that. And then, but Monica, I guess I forget that the that album with the boy is mine that's a that's a monica song featuring brandy correct not the other way around because i think monica won the best uh song and album honors for for this year oh i don't know i always you know i always remember it being brandy and monica like that's how it like i think it was presented it could have been on both of their albums that's a weird thing that happens every now and then we'll have to send that one to the research team but I'm just going to take y'all through a wild ride through 1999. Your choice summer song award winner was If You Had My Love by Jennifer Lopez. Amazing. Of course. Best breakout performance, James Vanderbeek, Varsity Blues. Yes. Of course. Choice actor. Um, you had a pretty. What does that mean? Group. Choice actor is like best actor. Yeah. They just, much. because it's the Teen's Choice Awards, that's stupid. Best, uh, best, uh, best actor, Freddie Prince Jr. Not for I still know what you did last summer, Thank but for God. she's all that. Oh, which, God. Jesus, I'd say both. we could do like, a whole episode on that movie if you want to talk about. You want to talk about things that haven't aged well, Kyle? That's your movie. She's all that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ch- choice drama, Cruel Intentions. Yes. Beating, beating Star Wars: The Phantom Menace. I absolutely, absolutely, no, Cruel no Intentions. Notes. Mm. So um, the choice, or sorry, the 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 choice hissy fit was Sandra Bullock in Forces of Nature. Don't remember that one with Ben Affleck. I don't know. Beating Ryan Philippe. I don't remember his hissy fit in Cruel Intentions. 
um, Choice Sleazebag Award. I love that. Um, I, it's just, I love these awards. Choice Sleazebag Award. It goes to Sarah Michelle Geller for Cruel Intentions. Oh, she Beating out Mike Myers uh, in Awesome Powers 2. You know, he is a fucking pervert. Um, beating out Matthew Settle for I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Remember, he mm. murdered multiple people. Um, but <laughs> apparently, Michelle Ge- Sarah Michelle Geller is more of a sleazebag. Hey, <laughs> she also beat that Ryan- character. She also beat Ryan Felipe for that movie too. And Andrew Keegan for 10 Things I Hate About You. And he was a very good sleazebag in that movie. Oh uh, yeah, that's he's a good one. So <laughs> and then um I'm trying to think if there's any just anything else that's like funny in here. Uh single of the year was Baby One More Time, which honestly beat Jesus Christ. So I I'm sorry. Like, okay, so baby one more time, it's cool, but you're beating shania twain's you're still the one which is Uh-oh. it's just it's I, I still think it's fine but she also beat um fucking lauren hill for doo-wop oh no that's the best one out of those britney three, spears sure. beat monica and brandy for the boy is mine uh britney spears go beat, hill. yeah britney spears beat share for believe which honestly oh, is a fucking i'm a sorry fucking banger Cher was like, it's okay to use auto-tune now openly. And everyone was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, queen. And then also beating out uh, Madonna's Ray of Light, which is is a fucking banger. That album, I'm sorry. It's a great album. Yeah, it is a good album. I feel like it's kind of underrated. I don't know what the pulse is on like how like Madonna albums are received, you know, but Ray of Light, Mm -hmm. I think if, you know, if I think it that one did pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's like. But I think I don't think it's very back. well remembered. Like people don't uh, don't go back to it often, but now I will. I think I'll listen to yeah. it tomorrow. Soundtrack of the year was City of Angels. Really, just riding on that Goo Goo Dolls song. Oh I would think. God, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, a weird fucking movie too, <laughs> City of Angels. I, I didn't watch it and I'm good. Uh, TV actor Joshua Jackson for Dawson's Creek, beating out James Vanderbeek, beating out Scott Foley and Felicity, beating out Scott Wolf for Party of Five, Barry yeah. Watson for Seventh Heaven, David yeah. Boreanaz for Buffy, Joseph Gordon Levitt for Third Rock. Yeah, there are some fucking heavy hitters. Best actress in a TV, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. That makes sense. Yeah. She fucking better. Beating Jennifer Love Hewitt for Party of Five, beating Carrie Russell, beating Katie Holmes, Mm. Melissa. That was like season three Buffy. That was lit. Look at the let me list you these actresses, right? Fuck. That is 1999. We didn't understand how beautiful we had it, like how great it was. It was so good. Sarah Michelle Geller beat Jenny Garth. Katie Holmes, Melissa Joan Hart, Brandy Norwood, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Carrie Russell, and Nev Campbell. Wow. That's that is a group. Wow. I want to see, I want to see all of them in a movie. Put them in a slasher. <laughs> oh my God. I would love it. And then for, for breakout show, you've got a tie between Will and Grace and Angel, which yeah. beat Dawson's Creek and Charm. Wow. Would you would you say, I don't know. Oh, did wait, you wait, it was charm? a tie between it, no fuck charm. Angel, Angel um, and Will and Grace. And I like Will and Grace. Will and Grace is fine. I would definitely not put Will and Grace before Angel or Dawson's Creek. 
I think it should have been a tie between Angel and Dawson's Creek. Personal yeah. bias there. But. And then, yeah, like I said, best album is for Monica and best. So there's only a best album and best love song. Interesting. So for The Boy Is Mine, Monica, and then The Angel of Mine, the Monica song. Oh, yeah. If you're familiar with that one, too. I am familiar with that. So that was a big hit. And you know what? It's so boring when you listen to it now. Yeah. So I hope I hope you enjoyed just, you know, just just being walked through just just the glory of 1999 and the Teen Choice Awards. I know. I hope anyone who is listening to this that's like under 30 enjoyed that whole fucking rant of Kyle just naming off a bunch of stuff that you may have never heard of or seen. I love it. It just feels just feels so good just to revisit on just, just seeing old friends, you know. Yeah. Um. So, let's see. I know we talked about that we were going to be pre- we weren't sure what our boost scores were going to be until the end of this conversation. Um. Before we get that, I know you all are on fucking pins and needles and shit waiting, <laughs> but I at least spoiled myself, unfortunately, for at least one of the taglines. But, oh, which one but, did you say? Um, something about giving horror movies the backhand. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The comedy that gives horror films the backhand, which kind of mm. feels like they're like hurting their own movie because it's a horror comedy. Like then you're, you're like marrying the two. You're not saying a fuck you to one or the other. Like, I don't know. We don't need to be at odds, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's no, peanut butter isn't fighting with jelly. Get the fuck out of here. It's together. So (laughs) you don't want to imply this, you know, that there's not a harmony between the two. Like we we definitely have a soft spot for for horror comedy. So that that is not one of my favorite, but this does have a few good ones. Um taglines like this are never my favorite. Get your hands on this hot new horror comedy. I like when it's like speaking from the movie. Yeah, I don't like where it, you know what I, I mean? don't like that it acknowledges that it's a movie and it's like, and you're really just advertising. It feels like a like a toy advertisement yes. rather than- Yes, you don't want it to sound like an advertisement. You want it to sound like like a narrator or someone from the movie is speaking to you. And this one's okay. The film that gives horror movies the finger. But again, why are we saying fuck off to horror? Yeah. Why do we, why, why you gotta be so aggressive, dude? Get out of here. I mean, and I guess that, that hand is very aggressive, but the, the hand likes horror. We saw earlier that it was- It loves if anything, horror. It's, if anything, it's giving comedy the backhand. Yeah, no, this was definitely- and by a, also not being funny. A bunch of people who like knew the concept of the movie were in this situation again, and they were like, oh, you know, it'd be really funny <laughs> if we said that the film gives horror movies the finger. And they were like, write that oh. one down love it <laughs> um okay we have a long one the devil will find work for idle hands to do but what happens when he chooses the laziest teen slacker in the world to do his dirty work that is too wordy that is too <laughs> so much wordy. you could have you, like, you needed you need an editor on that you could you could make that more succinct yeah the the tagline that should have been on every single poster, the DVD, this is the one. The touching story of a boy and his right hand. That one's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. That's a perfect tagline. 
Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that one. That's my favorite. I like, I think that one's my favorite too, because it, it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, it's funny and kind of raunchy. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I like that. I'm glad you saved that yeah, one for last. One. I, th- I think, um, yeah, I'm, I'm starting to adjust the order in which I read them <laughs> for, like for dramatic effect. I appreciate that. It keeps Thank me you. on, keeps me on, on, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm absorbing, you know, I absorb this just as the audience is, you know, so you I never read them ahead. You don't, enjoy. you don't sneak, you don't sneak a peek. This is the first time I accidentally saw one. I actually try to go in, you know, go in without knowing. Um, so let's pop over to some booze. Um, I'm happy Oof. to go first unless you'd like to. I think you should go first because I'm really torn. Okay. I'm going to give this film two booze. Um, which I think is actually a little more generous than I was maybe going to go into. I was probably going to give it about a one and a half. Um, this movie is very just relentlessly fucking dumb. It is, <laughs> it is. Uh, you know, again, it's, it's sexist. It's homophobic. It is, you know, I know there's a lot where it just, it exists in its. <laughs> it truly it, you know, is a time capsule. And you know, and that's the hard part too. It's just like, you know, we, we, we talk about like, oh man, let's do this movie. This would be great. We haven't seen this one in forever. And then we go back and watch these movies and we're like, oh boy. Oh geez. There's, I don't remember that. It's the dropping of the R word and the F word that like pops up way more frequently than you remember, like very casually thrown around. And just, (laughs) and I think even just like, you know, like I think stuff like with how, you know, how Jessica Alba is throughout the movie. I think that's more of just like, you know, this is so fucking silly and so stupid that like, you know, let's just laugh and just roll with this and just, you know. Yeah. And and again, I like it. I like the vibe of it. I do think Devin Sawa uh, has a very commendable performance in this movie. Yeah. I do think he has the best performance of anybody in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I still like the vibe. I, I'll still mm-hmm. watch. Uh, I know it will not be the last time I watched this movie and I think it's fun. I mean, I think that's something like, I don't know, like, yeah, if I can, I don't know how Devin Sawa and the team and all this feels, but I, I'd, I'd still be, I'd be pretty proud of this one. This is, this is a fun one, but I do think that it is, well, certainly not, you know, that scary in the slightest, you know, no, not that that's how I really, funny enough, that's really not how I grade horror movies is by how scary they are, but yeah. Why do I think this movie is very funny side of the the <laughs> two things? And the music is just again, yeah, it's very of its time, though. I do love uh any reason to put Dracula in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So it was gonna be it was gonna be one and a half. I had it in my notes. I'm gonna bump it up to two. Which would have been your lowest. Which would have been my lowest. I think I think this one is actually my two lowest, is though. actually your lowest. No. So, yeah, but that being said, if you just want to watch a fucking just a dumb movie with some recognizable people, like, I don't know, like, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're way worse teen comedies to watch. So I agree, Um, but still super fun to talk about. How about you? Okay. I did not change my rating after we talked through it. I also am going to give it two booze. And I mean, I, I don't. It horror comedies don't need to be scary for me, although normally that is something like I will I will give a movie a boo if it's a bad movie, but it actually scared me. That is if yeah. something can scare me, fucking bravo. Like 
that is an accomplishment in itself. But um, although full disclosure, I get scared after every movie, every single fucking movie. I'm so scared walking around my house. That's why I don't watch home invasion movies because they're like that. That is. absolutely. Oh, they're the, the worst. They're the worst. But yeah. I'm going to make you watch The Strangers like spoiler alert, everyone. I'm going to make Kyle put it on the schedule so that we're prepared for the new one. Okay. Um, it's going to happen. And I you're going to need to watch it with your wife so that you feel safe. Um, okay. So two booze. And I think a big reason why is this is the type of movie where I'm like, have you ever seen idle hands? And if someone says no, there is no possible way that I'm going to say, Oh, you should definitely watch it because it is very of its time. Maybe I would say that to somebody who's like our age, but even then, like, a lot of these jokes are not going to land. Like a lot of the the references that you brought up, Kyle, like they are very 1999 specific. And, and also like that was like just the tip of the iceberg of the references exactly. I brought up. There was a lot. Exactly. Like anyone watching this, they're going to be like, who the fuck is that random ass band? Like, why are they like focusing on them so much? Like, why are they a big deal? Um, I did like I mean, how, I did like how Dexter Holland was wearing an AFI shirt. That's cool. That's pretty funny. I, I like could AFI. see someone watching and be like, is that AFI? <laughs> yeah. I want yeah. I'll be like, we'll, we'll tell our kids this is AFI. Yeah. And they, you know, band, you know how bands wear their own shirts. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty fun. Um, so I guess I have like a special place in my heart for it with nostalgia and that gives it a higher rating, but also like, I love Devin Sawa. I love Seth Green. Um, I don't, love jessica alba he said kyle shook his head no when i said seth green see it's just it the truth's gonna come out um i don't love jessica alba but i like her in this movie and i feel like she was every like preteen slash teens like uncomfortableness on screen because you're like oh my god she's so fucking hot (laughs) um like definitely like awakened a lot of feelings for many people um so yeah, I think it's I think it's really silly. It's really fun. If you listen to this and haven't watched this movie, wow, good good job. Uh, but this is this is a silly fucking movie, and it is probably like amongst one of the movies that I've watched the most that you really really have to ignore any bit of reality. Any bit of reality is just not going to ruin this movie for you. Like we kind of did it a couple times throughout our conversation, but then immediately had to say, nope, not going down that road because it will yeah. just make it feel worse. So I'll give it two booze. I wouldn't recommend it to people. Um, but if you ha- if you saw it as a kid and just wanted something fun to like rewatch, go for it. I think that's fair. I like that. Yeah. Or if you're like obsessed with Devin Sawa, like we are, and you just want to go through all of his films, sure, why not? He's great in it. I think it is is yet an integral part of the tapestry that is Devin Sawa's career, right? Yeah. Um, especially at peak Sawa, the year yeah, he of Sawa. brought in he brought in that whole two point five million. Yeah. Well, maybe 100%. Seth Green. Seth Green had some had a lot of fans then, but. Not Kyle. Yeah, because that that was that was going to be that's probably the height of Seth Green and Buffy, right? It was ninety nine, so that's probably like yeah. season two, season Absolutely. three. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good for him. I was like, love the whole vibe. Yeah. I don't know. 
<laughs> but yeah, so I, I think I and I think that's a, that's a great way to explain it. And I think that's there's a lot of movies that can fall under that that you know they're fine. Yeah. So yeah, curious to hear you know you know kind of curious to hear what what the audience thinks you know certainly share out here your thoughts and i don't know if i'm being and let me know if i'm being too mean to seth green i don't think i am i you know what i would really like to hear if everyone thinks kyle's being too mean to seth green absolutely no never gosh well hey if you unless you got something else that's that is that's all i got that's all i got on idle hands no that's it that's all i got well hell yeah all right well we're just gonna keep trucking through you know i'm glad everybody's you know, hopefully everyone's having a good start to the new year. I know we're going to keep going. Um, that's all I got. Mm-hmm. Next week will be fun. Yeah. All right. Three, two, one, ghost. Thanks for listening to our episode on Idle Hands. If you'd like to give us a hand, we would greatly appreciate if you left us a killer review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you choose to listen. You can follow us on Instagram at 321GhostPod and be sure to like and share our posts to help spread the good word. You can shoot us an email to 321GhostPod at gmail.com if you'd like to share your thoughts on a film or give recommendations that you'd like to hear us chat about. Next week, we're taking a shortcut to talk about House of Wax. Thanks again for listening. And remember to send Kyle a strongly worded letter about his hate for Seth Green. Three, two, one, ghost.